It's recording all three tracks. Woo! Are you guys sleepy? No. Thankfully I, not. I slept most of the day. Okay. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, haven't, I haven't had that in a very long time, so I'm, I'm pretty happy about it. Welcome to the show. This is my show. Thanks for tuning in. Here it comes again. It's a bop, dude. It really is. <laughs> Thanks. Good morning, everyone. What's up? I'm with Nick Smith and Andrew Patterson. Nick Smith, what is your age and what do you do for a living? I am 26 years old and I work IT support at level two at a hospital. And I also play guitar for Black Avum. Black Avum. <clears throat> and Mr. Andrew Patterson, what is your age and what do you currently do for a living? Oddly enough, also 26 and do IT, but for a debt reduction company. Oh. <laughs> I think the hospital sounds more exciting, but it also sounds kind of like it'd be like intense. Yeah, I would say so. So you have very similar jobs. Probably deal with the equally amount of kind of bullshit. Yeah. yeah, what would be the difference, though? I mean... Probably, um, from my perspective, probably urgency as far as mm. this is literally life or death in mm. some cases. Oh, yeah. Whereas in my case, it's literally some old lady trying to scam people into using a debt reduction company. It's just like, hey... I can't read this particular email. And it's just like, okay, let's reboot your fucking computer and we're done. Like, <laughs> obviously, huge difference of urgency and just priority yeah. between what he does and I do. But nonetheless, I mean, it's probably Equally a lot of the same important. functions. Yeah. How often do you have to tell people to reboot? Uh, multiple times. Well, I'd say probably about a dozen times a day. Have you ever had it to where you're like, hey, can you reboot your computer? And then, like, you literally watch them turn off the monitor and turn it back on? I have where I say, hey, I just need you to log out, log back in, and they will completely shut it down, and my remote software will shut off. Mm -hmm. Or vice versa. I say, hey, I need you to actually shut it down, and they'll just log out. And then, yep. oh, I don't, and get mad, typically. So it's, it's fun. It's, and it's not just exclusive to like the boomer age people. It's people our age as well. It, it really just that short I mean, for a lot of them, as long as they can get temper. to their Google Chrome or their Firefox and build up their social medias, they don't give a shit. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's pretty indiscriminate age wise as well. So crazy. That's annoying. <laughs> I mean, this could go on for like six hours. Right. Right. <laughs> no shit though. Yeah. I'm sure you two could share stories for days. Maybe. Yeah, it's scary. But stories. we're not gonna we're not gonna do that right now. We could tell them in the dark. <laughs> scary IT IT stories. <laughs> so you mentioned Nick that you're in a band, Black Abum. Let's go over those really quick, Andrew. Besides your covers and internet collaborations with a ton of people, you've recently joined a band that's been in hibernation for several years. Yeah, and Hell followed with so. They put out an album in 2010 called Proprioception, and then the vocalist had even quit before then. And then it's like, oh, here's this album. Oh, we're done as a band. Bye. Played two shows. Went dormant since like 2014 when the last show they played. But they've more or less been inactive since 2010, right? And then they just come they come back and they're like, yo, we want you, brother. I try it out. Now I'm here. And it's just like, okay, sick. Now what? <laughs> Seems pretty seamless. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah, it was pretty quick. Like April 7th, they hit me up. 
the next day I had a song to them. Like, I, just, I mean, when a band like that stature hits you up, you're just kind of like, yeah, let's fucking do this shit. Let's, let's go. Yeah. So uh, they reached out to you directly? Yeah. Um, the, the guitar player hit me up. He's like, hey, blah, blah, blah. We need a vocalist. Would you like to try out? And I'm just like, I know that name. Wait a second. Yeah, let's do this. And then, you know, truth be told, I had never actually really listened to them until they hit me up, but I've always known the name. Yeah. So I really didn't know what I was getting myself into and until all this was announced. And then I'm just like, okay, I just want to throw my phone across the room. <laughs> but um, yeah, I yeah, know it's gone fast because obviously, you know, joining in April, I'm, I'm in Michigan the beginning of July, touring a couple months later. So it's just like, bing, bang, boom. It's just all this like, yeah. blows up. Just real fast. Because um, normally, you know, if I'm joining a new band, it's like, okay, it's going to be at least a year before we're playing shows. Got to write all these songs, blah, blah, blah. And here I am not even... After six months, I'll be on tour for the first time ever. Yeah. It's just kind of throwing myself to the wolves, really. That's good. Jump in the deep end. Is that how they found you? Is through the covers and things you've done on the internet? Apparently, it was via a recommendation um, through actually the, um, Andrew Zink, who's um, in Hollow Records, the label that we're using for this album. But um, yeah, he, I guess they were trying to figure out something, and Andrew's just like, hey, hit up Andrew. Ha ha. <laughs> and um, yeah, next thing you know, it just the rest is history. That's awesome. No, so yeah, I definitely lucked out there. It's been a fun ride so far. That's good. Was earlier today, I did that podcast with Tyler Shelton. That's a funny motherfucker. Tyler Shelton. Tyler Shelton. <laughs> that dude has hilarious video. Dude. <laughs> Goddamn hilarious. I think my favorite is I watched it last night because I, since you were doing his, his thing, I yeah. reminded me of that video. The uh, what band is that? Anyway, it's like a little breakdown where it slows down. He's like, yes, let's fucking go. <laughs> We've established Andrew now. Let's go with Nick. What would you say your genre is? Honestly, it depends on what day you ask, I guess. I've heard this from Today. a handful of people. What we typically aim for is sort of a blackened death metal. I mean, Behemoth is probably one of my favorite bands. We really like Hate. We really like... Uh, there's this... N I don't know if they're newer, but I recently heard of them called Hath. Yes. Fantastic. Lovely I album. I absolutely love that record. And as I was listening to it, I was like, man, I wish we could emulate this mixed with like maybe just like a hint of deathcore. Because that... I mean, those are definitely my favorites. It doesn't always turn out that way a lot of our music kind of sounds all over the place just mm -hmm. because we're still mixing in some of our earlier songs with our more focused stuff now yeah so it's worked out for us also because we have been hit up for shows across a very broad range and it's made for some interesting times as well that's good we've played with um like we opened the devastation show defense was nice enough to let us hop on that um so we opened for dark funeral and hate and belfagor all of them We've played deathcore shows. I mean, it's all local. We haven't really gotten out per se yet, but um. You want to? Oh yeah, for sure. Probably what we're aiming at is that we've got an EP that we're going to be recording at the beginning of October, and we discussed possibly doing like a short spring tour next year or something. That'd be cool. But we have another show coming up that we were hit up actually approached by a guy, uh, and it's going to be mostly. Uh, what is it? What's the record label that Ailstorm is on? It's something fire. I'm not sure. But it's a pagan and Celtic metal show with Arcona, Windrose, and uh, Metzatol, I think they're called. Wow. It's going to be strange for us because <laughs> I've listened to them and it's all very, 
like ho 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 like kind of so it's become like massively heavy and black into this like really jolly kind of yeah. music. <laughs> it, the way I described it, um, it it's going to be fun, but the way I described it is almost like a metal cover band of How to Train Your Dragon theme song. <laughs> <laughs> so that's brilliant. I, I'm I'm really excited about it though, and uh, we got Rod of Obsidian from Denton that oh, yeah. uh, Eric Park, your drummer, plays for Mr. Park. He's they're going to be hopping on that supposedly if everything goes the way it needs to. So. I'm pretty excited about that. That's good. How long has your band been active? As far as a full band, probably yeah. since 2015. So okay. going on four years now. Man, it's been time flies. Dude. It's been it's been a slow moving machine, but um, it just you know personal life stuff. Yeah. Everything. We've all been friends for upwards of a decade, so we all have our drama as is, and mm-hmm. we're trying to kind of kick things into gear. We've been doing pretty good recently and playing more like touring band shows and want to hop on bigger shows instead of just playing, you know, the same bar every weekend. Yeah. So yeah. That's uh, we we're, we're gathering our direction, I guess you could say. That's good. Branching out. It's still fun. I still love all of our guys. So yeah, that's what it's all about. You've got to have the I'm, fun. That's what I'm there for. It's the fun on the guys. I half meant that and half did. <laughs> Andrew, what is the the EP? That's when is that coming out? September twentieth. Okay. Chimerical Reality EP. We actually have a new single coming out Tuesday, August twentieth, which is the title track for it. <coughs> nice. Yeah. It's, it's my it's my favorite. How long is that one? The song? Yeah. Uh, five minutes. Not bad. I think the first single most, was three and a half. Yeah, most of them are five and under, right? Yeah, there, there's nothing super crazy long on there or anything. I mean, at its at its core, it's uh, deathcore. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> Does anyone write long songs anymore? Yeah, Shadow of Intent Besides, just had a 10-minute long instrumental. Opeth. Yeah, Warforged new record. They mm. had a nine-minute song, okay. I think. And that one was mostly ambience, but, I mean, it's... Cheaters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just holding down one key for about seven <laughs> minutes. Just replay that section six times. <laughs> no, it's um, it's uh, more of like a prog. I, I feel like mostly it's more like prog-based bands. You don't ever get just like a straight chug for seven minutes unless you're looking at like mashuga or something yeah i can't do that <laughs> that, that infant annihilator album not the newest one they announced but the one before had a 17 minute long song with Good four guest vocalists Lord. on it four guest vocalists <laughs> <laughs> i mean shit i can't say much about that though i just yes. announced that soul soul collaboration where it's like the soul soul guy and his band and then like seven vocalists on a 17 minute track Jeez. all so, at the same time no 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 it's like all, <laughs> yeah, all just spread layered. It. But, yeah just just that's, that'd be a beefcake of a song. Just seven vocalists going at once. Yeah, dude. Three on the left, three on the right, then one center. <laughs> Just an army. Yeah, no, I don't really ever hear songs longer than probably six at most. I mean, you could talk about Acacia Strain's Observer that was 30 minutes long. But that's like... Get out of here. That's like four to five minutes of just sound clips and right. rumbling in the background. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm going to try something new that I haven't done yet. I'm pretty excited about it. Are you ready? Uh oh. <laughs> it's a one second answer to a one second question. As fast as fast as you possibly oh, I'm gonna have to finish it now. <laughs> as fast as you possibly can, choose which of the two options you prefer. Andrew is alphabetically first, so I'm going to give you one or the other, mm-hmm. and you choose one. which one as fast as you possibly can. Andrew, you go first, and then Nick, you're immediately afterwards. First one: dogs or cats? 
Oh, fuck. Oh, dude. You can't, you, that, that's pressure. Come on, you gotta do it. Dogs. Probably dogs. Okay. Sorry, cats. Chalk? I still love cats. You're not... It's not saying... This is like life or death, fuck man. Fuck the other. It's just... You just gotta pick one. All right. Chocolate or candy? Chocolate. Chocolate. Snakes or spiders? Neither. Burn the house down. Agree. Uh, snakes if I have to. Yeah, okay. same. All right. Ocean view or mountain view? Mountain. Mountain. You guys are similar. Yeah, this is weird, dude. Yeah. Heads or tails? Tails. Hails. <laughs> Hails, brother. Hails, brother. This is going to be a good one. God. Marvel Universe or anime? Anime. Anime. Wow. Sorry, bud. All right. I thought you were going to say DC, and I was like, that was going to be an easy no, answer, it, but this right. is still an easy answer, so whatever. <laughs> I didn't know if it would be easy or not. I'm, I was For a thinking, bunch of weeaboos like us. I was like thinking us. of encompassing, you know, the entire Marvel Universe of everything. Anime Fest is actually going on currently, and I am was planning on going tomorrow, but I am a broke bitch. Hmm. So, this is a recent thing my girlfriend got me into anime. I was a hater before. Uh-oh. Yeah. I can't say I'm a hater. I just never got on. I missed that bus. You just got to find the right one. Yeah. I feel like for someone like you who likes more serious action-oriented stuff, like maybe like Cowboy Bebop would be like a good one for you. I think you'd like One Punch, but everyone likes One Punch. Yeah. Com- kinda, comedy with action. Yeah, that dude. Okay. <laughs> Andrew has a tattoo of One Punch Man. Saitama. What? what? That's his, his name's Saitama. I don't know who that is. Well, that, That's I, his I, name. <laughs> one Punch Saitama? He's the One Punch Man. Literally, the whole premise is like taking just the the tropey anime deal of like you know just overpowered super super characters, yeah, and it's basically maximizing. So, for example, this character like they build up all this tension of like this crazy baddie that comes from like outer space or wherever the fuck he's from, and here comes Saitama with his groceries. Like, oh, this motherfucker! Oh, bah, he's dead. Yeah, he punches him one time, and they either explode or shoot into the atmosphere. Okay, and he acts un- <laughs> he acts completely unbothered by it. He's just kind of right. like. Well, there's more people around here. I don't like this. And then keeps walking home. See, what's okay. dumb, too, is it always makes you question. It's just like, are they actually going to have someone that can, like, fight him back? And they do briefly in the first season. But, you know, he still get, the dude gets his ass whooped in seconds. It doesn't matter. It's game over. It's like, you know what's coming, but you can't help but watch it. Jeez, that sounds weird. It's great. Maybe I'll watch it one day. Worth, for sure. All right, continuing. Metallica or Megadeth? Metallica. Megadeth. Ooh, Ooh. Finally one. Nice. <laughs> Either or either. 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 I'm honestly, it's, it's contextual, is it not? <laughs> I feel like it is because I I don't say one or the other every single time. Yeah, it just depends. I mean, it depends highly on what I'm just saying in the moment. Fall or spring? Fall, because you're moving into the cold. Same. Um, also, I have terrible allergies and spring annihilates mm, me. Good mm, point. Yep. Tesseract with Daniel or Tesseract with Ash? Ash was better wrecked. I never liked that band. Get out of my fucking face. <laughs> All right. QT or racetrack? Quick trip. Quick trip for sure. I just came from there, actually. Same. <laughs> Jeans or shorts? Um, I'm going to go with uh, shorts. I would say shorts, especially at home. Comfy. And it's a million degrees outside. Yes. Coffee or energy drink? Um, mm. It's going to stump this one. <laughs> no shit. When I actually care about my health, I will have coffee. But if I don't give a flying fuck, I'm going to be all about that bang gang rain game, brother. <laughs> What's up? I would say, uh, depending on where it's from, if you get a good 
like hole in the wall coffee shop over Starbucks, I'll take coffee. If it's mm. I'm in a rush and I need to be awake, I'm going to get a Celsius. Okay. Straight edge white claw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Audiobooks or reading? I'm going to go with neither because I don't ever read. <laughs> I'd say reading just because audiobooks, I find it way harder for me to visualize what's going on in the story in my head. Really? I, I feel like I have to focus too much or I'm not able to focus enough when it comes to audiobooks. Whereas if I'm reading, it's typically in silence and I'll be by myself. That way it's it allows everything to kind of unfold a little better. Yeah, I feel like okay. if you hear it in your own voice too as you're reading it, it kind of helps you paint the picture better instead of, of having to already focus on someone and then world build based on that. Speaking yeah. of that, I also read recently, which this is a, a new fact factoid for me, that whenever you hear yourself speaking in your head, your diaphragm does actually contract and you are speaking in a very quiet voice. I don't believe that. I mean, at all. Let's get a camera. <laughs> One way to put it out. down your throat and just watch. That's something that I asked Stephen on the, the podcast. If you have, if you're by yourself and you, maybe you talk to yourself, you know, it's probably common from pretty much everybody. Do you find yourself saying something in your head and then saying it out loud afterwards? Almost like you're compelled Sometimes to say I'll have it like out flat out conversations with myself just speaking, not even thinking it. Like all, instead, yeah. instead of thinking the thought, I'm just like talking it out. Right. Yeah. Um, and I always think about that too, because we have a home security system and a camera in my living room. I'm waiting for the day that my girlfriend remotes into it and sees me talking to myself and running around saying God knows what. It's it's all I don't have internal monologues whenever I'm by myself. It's all spoken. Yeah. And it's all fucking weird too. At <laughs> <laughs> least you're self aware though. That's important. Yeah, I feel like that's that's what it is for me. Yeah. There's not cameras everywhere, but I feel like when you're like when you're in your can't. home though, it's almost like you're in your own mind because it's this is you, you know, this yeah. is your place. So it's just like you can feel free to have that you know, external monologue. I just feel like if there's any piece of electronic equipment in the room that I'm in, somebody is listening or watching me, and I don't. It's not like I, I don't get scared and paranoid that way. I just for whatever reason I think it's possible for that to happen. So well, didn't you just get one of those Amazon dots too, or whatever? No, I thought you had one of those. No, like, like I have the app, uh, Apple Home. That's what's sending you all the kit. time, man. NSA is on you. Not through Apple as much as it is the other ones, though. Apple's been proven to be a little bit safer from what I've seen. I'm not saying bit. it's the foolproof or anything. But. Yeah, that was their big PR stunt was about not wanting to allow backdoors in their iOS as well. Mm-hmm. It was less about the fact that they didn't want to allow it, more about the fact that it was a PR stunt, in my opinion, that they were adamant about not providing a backdoor through iOS to get into that shooter's phone because mm-hmm. they believed the FBI or CIA or whomever believed that there was more information on this attacker's phone and so they asked apple to backdoor into it and they said we will not do that it doesn't mean that it's not possible because it's technology everything is hackable yeah Yeah, if somebody gets a hold of it yeah a different story but it like andrew said it's the precedent of them going to the corporation and saying hey you're gonna do this for us and they said no whereas amazon shit i would wager more than half of what um like software and hosting and all that stuff is done through Amazon because most today hosting and backups of like businesses, all of their stuff is done through Amazon web hosting. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's all Amazon has to do is say yes. And they have access to anything a company has, whether they like it or not, because you sign that terms of service Mm -hmm. saying, you know, if, if you haven't read through it, you're pretty much allowing your data to be looked at by, you know, whomever. That's really scary. I don't like it at all. I hate it. 
But yeah, that's I, I I don't know. I just saw and heard a lot of bad things with the uh, Alexa and whatever Echo thing. But yeah, hearing the story about Apple not allowing that or not granting access so easily as others would this makes me feel a little bit safer you know we're, we're to a point where we're not going to be safe no matter what anyway yeah like i said there's just there's the possibility of anybody listening on anything if you're <laughs> yeah if you're mentally aware of how to do that and have the uh hardware and software for it but see after this podcast we're gonna i'm, I'm gonna have celsius ads because we talked about it because <laughs> most, my phone's listening likely, right now yes yes Actually, huh? let me check and make sure all of my okay apps are closed. Celsius is a great yeah. product, and I I vouch for it. <laughs> cough, cough. Give the Celsius endorsement. <laughs> that's that's a, a Black Avum thing in the works. Is that we want a Celsius endorsement? Oh man. We don't care yeah. if we get signed. We don't care if we get anything else. But we will rep Celsius all day long. Mountain of cans. <laughs> <laughs> man, I had one more uh, either or, but I'm not going to do it now. Not bring it, dude. You already said it. Might as well. No, I w- it was it was going to be if if we kept this going really fast. I was going to say doing this podcast or winning a million peanuts. Can I trade the peanuts for dollars? <laughs> What's the monetary value really of the like, peanuts? I really like peanuts. What does that convert to USD? <laughs> <laughs> How many um, elephants could I attract with those peanuts? Twelve. Sick. Now that we have a good idea about what you guys do for uh, a living and for fun and what random crap you prefer... Let's see what's going on in your heads. Do either, either of you meditate regularly or do anything to help clean up the noise and fog in your head? Bitch to my friends on Discord when I'm playing video games with them usually helps. I don't meditate yet. I really should. You've told me for years I should, but, you know, haven't got to that. I'm not going to preach to you. <laughs> I'm just curious. So <laughs> this is something that I've been working on. Um, Discord... I do the same thing as well, which feel free to add me because I love, for some reason, there's something kind of therapeutic about Discord over speaking to someone on Messenger. It really does feel like you're kind of in a community whenever you have like a handful of friends on Discord mm-hmm. to talk to because you can do, be doing whatever. Like I'll, I've been playing games or I'll just get off sometimes and just lay in bed but keep my headset on and just keep talking to them for a long time. It's 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 cool. But I've never heard of this. Discord, It's it's basically like a kind of like a audio chat service and they have servers that you can set up where you can kind of create like a little meeting room and talk to people. You can create like different channels within it for different things. Me and my buddy Drew have one that me and my buddies get on every day almost and we have for like set up for different games and if we have like a we have like a locked room specifically for like us two if we need to have like a conversation or anything. That's cool. That was no go ahead I'm sorry. That's all really I got for it. You're good. There have been bands that have done album listening parties with their fans across the world through Discord which has been really really cool you can basically you can create the room create rules create roles for the users so people can't just run amok and do whatever they'd like Mm -hmm. and then you can actually there's a lot of add-ins that you can use as well so where you can you know play music or play games through it Uh, one of the discords that I'm part of actually has a running uh, game of Pokemon where it shows like a silhouette and then you have to type out the name of it and you can capture it and train it and battle it and it's a little in depth and I I don't really participate on that side but it's um there's a there's a lot to it hmm. and so That's that cool. was one of the bands that I follow on Artisan Era did their album listening party a week before its release on a Discord channel very cool that's a genius idea actually yeah that sounds like a good idea i mean all around for that 
literally all you have to do you you can create a link and send it out and then whomever uh wants to join can join using that link so i think just they ended an app up, on your phone it you can do it through your phone or you can do it through your pc um it, it works both ways it's kind of like an im as well as audio yeah so but you don't meditate yeah <laughs> god sorry i i like i said i can talk forever i was told to meditate by i somehow ended up being friends with ryan williams of black dolly murder ex-bassist well studio guy he records them and used to be their bassist i used to bitch a lot on my old social media platforms which are hence deactivated um twitter uh, and I noticed that that was a place that I would go to just dump a ton of negativity and I would scroll through it and see the things that I said and just, it would bring it back. He yeah. ended up following me somehow and we talked here and there and he did actually suggest meditation to me. Um, it was, uh, it kind of in a roundabout sense, he kind of showed me some different things to look into and, um, I, uh, I've got, whenever I got an Apple watch, there's also an app on it called breathe, which, yeah. you know, allows time for mind, mindfulness, not mindlessness, uh-huh. <laughs> mindfulness. Everybody and, has time for mindlessness. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just to kind of sit there and take some breaths and kind of decompress. And that has helped, especially at the more stressful points during the day. Cause like I said, I do work at a hospital and we have people stroking out at any time yeah. it, could, it could happen at literally any moment and that's that hardware is um supported by my department okay so it's kind of a kind of a weight at times yeah and so um i i definitely do make it a point to try to make time but i don't have like a regimen that i stick to that and yoga are the two things i need mm-hmm. yeah because like my back is just jacked still that's what i would i did uh, for a little while, I would do some yoga, yoga stuff, but I would try to do like a 10 minute meditating, uh, just lying, lying down on the yoga mat, doing some stretching, you know, just like light stretches in my legs and arms and whatever, as I'm trying to meditate, something I don't have to focus on too much. It's just like mindless movement, you know, right. that was pretty nice. So it ended up being a nice session, but I don't know. It's, it just depends on what time of day that I can do that where I have the quiet time or energy or whatever. Yoga after a workout is one of the most fantastic feeling things. Yeah. It feels, yeah, you're basically stretching out all the muscles that you just worked and it feels so good. And as you're kind of lowering your heart rate and your breath is slowing down a little bit, it allows you to kind of really focus on calming as well. Yeah. So it's very, very therapeutic. What's working out? Yeah. What's that? I mean, you wouldn't be able to tell, but I used to. <laughs> That's what I I tried to a couple of times where I would work out in the garage and get like really hot and really uh heart rate would be really high and I would try to meditate right afterwards. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm also trying to slow my heart rate just by thinking about it and just trying to calm everything down. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it was it didn't work at all. It's a fun challenge. Try to overpower your body with your mind. Whenever you said that, it made me think of, I think it was Dwight Schrute where he said he could raise and lower his heart rate at will. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that sounds about right. Hmm. Um, in the same vein, do you forgive and forget or do you tend to hold grudges? 
whoever would like to tackle that. I think it's pretty contextual. I mean, it really depends on is the person a repeat offender of it? I mean, I don't know. It really depends. I don't know. Kind of a loaded question almost. I would say it depends. Um, you know, they say time heals all wounds, but it also, some people don't make a conscious effort to kind of remedy that behavior. So I would say I forgive, but I do not necessarily forget in the sense that I try to stay wary to see if someone's going to repeat that behavior. Mm -hmm. Given enough time, I'm sure eventually it kind of fades out of a focus, but it's not like I completely forget that the thing happened. Right. So it, I, I feel to me that feels a little better just because you're aware that someone has grown as well and you can maybe mm -hmm. feel a little bit better about being around them as well. Yeah. See, I feel like most people don't think like that. I feel like most people are ignorant to the idea of growth. And once they've made their mistake, they're cemented in that mistake for like the rest of eternity. And I feel like that's where we have a lot of issues with like just the culture of canceling and things like that. Because yeah. there's, there's, there's a lot of people. The first thing I thought of when you asked that question was like the Tim Libis' situation with Azalea dying. He did his time. He went to jail. He and um, apparently his that ex-wife even accepted his apology. And it's just like, you know, some people don't want to believe that. But you know, is do, do, do we think the guy came came out and learned his lesson? I mean, who fucking knows? Who really knows the truth? But yeah, there's a lot of situations kind of like that, or just anything really. It's just like yeah, it's hard. It's hard to for me. I I was never into the band. So I don't have that attachment. Right. But for people that did, I try to put myself in that position where, you know, think of it as another band that I really enjoyed, you know, what, like Killswitch Engage or something. If it was like Jesse did that, mm -hmm. you know, I really liked the first album yeah, uh, a whole lot. And it would be hard for me not to listen. But thinking about the voice behind that, uh, I don't know. It's, I, I don't know if I would be able to keep it out of my head thinking like, man, how could he do that? You know? And yeah. then I'm judging him as an individual and I'm not even listening to the music anyway at that point. But to completely cut something off, I just, I just don't know. I haven't been put in that position, so I can't, I can't say one way or the other. And I, it's really hard for me to judge someone else that says I'm not listening to any other stuff mm -hmm. or someone that says he did his time. It's good to go. You know, you know, whatever, moving on everybody's for forgiven or whatever. I just, I don't know. Mm. I, I think it, it's a hundred percent contextual for me in the sense that as far as Tim goes, I mean, I initially, my knee jerk reaction was to basically say, fuck that guy. I mean, that was when it was happening as the time has gone past. I've not really cared. Now I'm sort of interested because with his ex-wife accepting his apology and him doing the work that he's doing now to help people that were put in a similar situation as him, I mean, I respect that. That being said, the other side of the argument is people like um, the guy from Lost Prophets. Mm. Did you ever hear what happened there? That was the... He was either did or wanted to rape infants. Pedophile. There was actually some, some gal, right? I don't recall if it was a fan or something, but she like basically let him have his way with her like two-year-old. Which is he just, blew, that's, that's horrific. He blew meth smoke in an infant's face to get it addicted. Um, there was there was a laundry list of things that he did, and his initial reaction to the charges was that he said he did it for the lols, basically like for the laughs, hmm. and was kind of trying to play it off like there was a joke just there demented. or something. Or like somebody would understand him like, oh, well, it was just a joke. Okay. No, like, that's not that's, redeemable. <laughs> no. That's... That joke sucked. That's a... Uh, that's, like Andrew said, a contextual thing because given Tim wanted to hire someone to have someone 
murdered his wife. That's serious. The context with that, I feel, is if you really dive into Tim's situation at the time, because let's, let's paint the picture. He was going to lose custody of his kids. He was probably in fits of roid rage, and he was losing his religion. Now, if you put yourself in that situation, that is a lot to go through mentally all at once. Mm-hmm. Especially and, with the external stimuli. And having the time to come down from the roid rage high and just everything else, and maybe finding time to just be in his mind for however many years he was in the jail, really probably sorted things out. And, I mean, it'd be one thing to just come back and, like, make this one big cash grab. Because whenever they first came back, I was like, you know what, this seems like one big fucking cash grab. They're trying to go on tour, make that metalcore money. They're eventually going to put out an album, and they're going to make buku bucks. I mean, you see how, how many of those shows shows they sell out. It's like almost every damn show, right? But then, like as you know, you you had mentioned previously, like he's been doing like I know he's been donating to certain charities and things, and he's been just doing a lot more, you know, just even in his own community. And I think that's admirable, especially if you do see the fault and you own it up and you like mm-hmm. you, you take all criticism with like wide arms, you know? Yeah. If you have somebody with a more of a negative mindset or a, you know pessimistic view, it's going to be well. What says it's not an act? Is he just trying to exactly. you know, get on everybody's good side? What if he especially, ends up doing it again? Especially with all the money or, left off the table, like if they didn't come back, it's like who, you know, at the end of the day, I have no idea what their intentions were. Yeah. I only would hope they're good. Yeah, and I like you said, I had no clue what he was going through. I mean, and we're essentially wild animals would you don't know how you're going to react when you're backed into a corner we're all apes it's it's hard for people to feel empathy as well especially in um today's age like andrew was talking about the canceled culture Mm -hmm. that's a thing where people and i saw somebody say something about keanu reeves as well that he's basically have been put on a pedestal for being such a stand-up guy despite being a celebrity who typically aren't the moment that they find something he's done that is deemed problematic, despite it being, you know, 30 years ago, they're going to drag his ass. Yeah. And that's just the way of the world nowadays. So yeah. you, even if it is years ago and you probably have found your way since, you know, it's one thing if it's like isolated incidents that you have fallen down, but you can redeem yourself from repeating patterns of these bad, bad negative things is a whole different story. But, you know, if that, you know, for example, someone with as clean slate as Keanu Reeves, you hear nothing but good stories. If a bad story came out, but it was from so many years ago, I'd probably write it off for the most part, unless yeah. it was just something absolutely horrific. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you traumatize or you ruin someone's life or something. Yeah. You know, you're touching kids and doing stuff like that. I mean, you are literally ruining someone's life. Yeah. Yeah. Just Taking changing, their life from the them. course of their growth as a person yeah. forever. Right. Um, yeah. I have one for Keanu Reeves. Remember in that in the Bill and Ted, they said fags in there, and that Ooh, one. he yeah. did that. And that he, he didn't say it. All right, think. guys, load up, load up your Twitter cannons. I don't remember, but <laughs> load up the Twitter cannons. I remember We're that being said in that movie. And he was in it, so which a lot I of people, a, shit. a lot of people seem to forget that even ten years ago, I mean, look at South Park; they're still making jokes like yeah. that. But they get a pass because oh, it's South Park; they've already set the precedent of being you know, envelope pushers, that's okay. Well, 10 years ago, it was okay. And I mean, everyone said, and I'm not going to say everyone, that's a generalization, but it was a common thing, which, you know, I I went back and actually listened to a podcast with Bam Margera, which he's obviously not, especially now, he is not the person to look to for any type of behavioral Mm -hmm. (laughs) guidance. Mm -hmm. But I was listening to a podcast of his from 2006, and he was talking about not wanting to go to church or something and his reasoning was because he said that's gay 
in a derogatory sense, in the sense that I don't want to do that because I think that's stupid. Well, that was 10 years ago, and 99% of his fans were probably like, oh, yeah, you know, that's... Super gay. I agree, that's so gay. Everyone yeah. was saying that. Not thinking about the fact that, you know, that has no correlation whatsoever with if something's smart or mm-hmm. cool or lame or whatever. It, it's... Yeah. The, the other thing, yeah. too, is that's 2006. We're talking 2007 is more of when around when things started booming with uh, what the iPhone and more people connected in yeah. social media. Like, you're, everybody's exposed a lot easier and a lot more often. It's, that's I think that's what started. Yeah, it started that. It, like, woke, woke everybody up. It gives people to, the ability to put everyone underneath a microscope right, as well. Right. To be held accountable is both a good and bad thing. Because Varies. then if you have yeah. that growth that you've experienced since then, a lot of times, especially recently, people are being held accountable for a person they haven't been in, you know, yeah. 10, 20 years. Not the years. same person. Yeah, I, I look at stuff from, like, three years ago. Three years ago on Facebook, and I think, God, that seems like something I would have said 10 years ago. <laughs> Bro, listen, it's on your, it's on Delete. your timeline. That is you. Delete. No change yeah. that, obviously. That, no, I spend most of my memories, visiting memories and deleting them. Just same, because, but, same. Because it's not something that I feel like I need to look at to remind myself where I've come from or how I've grown. It's just... It's senseless, you know. It's a different time. You said things. You were connected with certain people at that time that gave a shat about what you said at that point, or you know, yeah. it's just a different, different time. I do the same. If I see something, <laughs> oh my gosh, I've seen a handful of things that I've just been like, oh no, and delete, <laughs> delete, yeah. delete. Yeah, I used to post. Yeah, nothing some, bad. Not, nothing I'm but like, fodder, like, though. Throwing in bombs and yeah. stuff like that <laughs> or anything. It's just, it's just stuff that. It's just stuff you don't feel like it's more, em- you it's more embarrassing than anything yeah. else, you know? It's just you, you see your obvious growth. And you don't want to... <laughs> it's, a, it's a good thing, but I'm happy to forget grow. it as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember your dreams? I do. Sometimes. Sometimes so well. But then other times I wake up and then my mind gets distracted just for a second upon waking up and I just like lose... Like half of it. Like whenever I, have, whenever I have a dream, I do my absolute best. Like especially if it's really vivid. I would do my best to like whip on my phone and just type away because it just interests me just to kind of yeah, delve into yeah. what it might mean or just why I had it. And I try to think about what was important about that dream that it formulated that way. But then sometimes, you know, you get woken up by the dog and he steps all over your face because he wants to take a piss. And then you're just like, oh, there goes the dream. It's like, it's the weirdest fucking thing. Like you can have the most vivid dream in the world and you can like remember it upon waking up. But the second you distract yourself, it's just gone. It vanishes. Yeah, yeah. Never, never, you never have it back. Yeah. I had one of those recently that was a horror dream and I woke my girlfriend up to tell her about it because I was kind of traumatized by it. Honestly, um, there's an artist that I was shown uh, on Instagram. His name's Trevor Henderson and he draws, it's like digital art, but he posts these things with little kind of like snippets of a story that he thinks of i guess as he's going Mm -hmm. and i'm guessing i looked at one of them before i went to bed because i had a very very vivid dream about this thing right here (laughs) oh my gosh a very tall long-armed thing man it's basically slender man but almost in a sense creepier because in this dream, this this was a really long dream, and I do the exact same thing. I pulled my phone out, and I typed the whole thing out. It ended up being about three pages worth of a dream. Wow. But it ended up with me in isolation, and I couldn't find my fiance, which she had just been with me. And I'm driving in the middle of a dirt, like, flat area, 
and I look over and I see this thing is running and matching the speed of my car. And as it's veering towards me, I wake up. And this is after this like terrifying like isolation trip dream where mm-hmm. I think there was like 30 people around me and they drove off and then they all slowly um, disintegrated. And so that was, yeah, no, it was, I have, I have stuff like that happen often. And so that, that was, that, uh, that one kind of messed me up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Which didn't help that I went and saw scary stories to see, uh, to tell in the dark last uh, night. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> How was it? It was, if you liked the books as a kid, you'll definitely have more appreciation for it, which I did. But even as a standalone movie, it was disturbing. Really? Yes. Guillermo del Toro, the dude who did the effects and makeup for Hellboy, Pan's Labyrinth, um, Shape of Water, Mm -hmm. he makes really scary monsters. And it's mostly not CGI. It's mostly effects, makeup, and prosthetics and stuff like that, which is more scary to me. Yeah, because it looks more real. (laughs) And he he did the monsters, and these stories should not have been told to children, but this was a children's book. There was the one with the pale lady, the sh- bigger lady, um, with beady eyes and long black hair. Mm, yeah, yeah, He's yeah, in yeah. an asylum. Ooh, that guy. I they're looking. They're, they're <laughs> I lo- remember that one. They're looking for something. I'm not going to spoil the story, but they're looking for something in an asylum, and an alarm goes off, and it turns the entire place red. And then you see this body slowly walking down the hallway. He turns away, runs to another hallway, It's at the end of the hallway, slowly walking towards him until it's, you know, a foot away. Right. That bothered me (laughs) really badly. (laughs) I haven't seen a scary movie like that in a while. No, I have. I most of them are like cheesy hacker slasher. This one, like, because it was good, but it wasn't like. It was a little creepy. It was creepy, but I wasn't like, ah, yeah, this one. It's better because it was PG-13 because you don't get that satisfying gore scene where they're murdered and you know what happens. It's more of a, the fear of the unknown type. Yeah. Like, okay. Oh, what happened? Where'd this person go? What's, you know, you don't get that answer. It's very mysterious. Yeah. It's that makes that scarier to me. Mysterious. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not everyone wants now. Yeah. One pretty big topic that we discussed before today that we wanted to talk about on here was just general mental health. What do you think we should focus on in regards to mental health? Um, well, there's quite a few things. I know I actually wrote down some points as far as I, what I wanted to talk about. But mm-hmm. one of the things that I remember bringing up was that there is a not so much a stigma anymore, especially in more progressive and liberal ends, people left and right self-diagnose and say, oh, this is my mental illness. And it's okay. It's becoming more of a focus in our society as it should. Mm-hmm. So obviously some people kind of embellish it and, you know, go overboard as far as that goes and say, oh, I can't do that. That's, that's against my mental illness. Like right. that's can be kind of a cop out. Yes. But what I wanted to talk about more so was in the workplace as well as in music. I came across an article which I wanted to kind of touch with Andrew on that as well about people talking about touring and depression Mm -hmm. as well as that would probably be my main bullet point alongside um, 
stigmatism or stigmatization, whatever the word is. Stigmata. St- uh, the stigmata of <laughs> 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 the stigma of mental health in your workplace, meaning say for example if you wake up and you're anxious or if you're at work and you start to have some type of anxiety about something that's going on most places and i say most places you cannot go to your boss and say hey um i'm not feeling good today my anxiety's really kicking in can i just go home like that's not most of them would just laugh at you yeah yeah uh because i have to say if somebody told me that too i would I, it's hard for me not to think that it could be a cop out. You would want to write it off because I don't know. I don't know if a lot of people have experienced legit physical anxiety where you feel like the world is crushing you and you've got to get away. Not everybody's experienced that or have been around people that experienced that. Yeah, and if, so you, if you've never just, experienced it before, you're just not going to understand it. Yeah, just it's, straight up. It's. I don't think it's necessarily a discriminatory thing. It's just a an experience with with that i feel like but it could definitely be discriminatory just yeah but no i've dealt with that with somebody that i work with as well that um he was going through a lot of stressful things in his home life and he was telling me he can't concentrate and he keeps messing stuff up i told him go home yeah i've been there you don't need to be here if you if for one thing if you're not doing it right and you might hurt yourself or hurt somebody else you need to go home so i mean there's that Mm-hmm. might be a little bit different in front of a computer, but in your position, if you're experiencing that, I'm pointing at Nick, um, with emergencies, then yeah, you're kind of liable for, you know, an incident. If you're, yeah. if you're not doing your job safely and properly, then I mean, yeah, you shouldn't be there. Somebody yeah. else should be doing it. I'm very lucky that I have a really good team that we've all kind of managed to hit it off pretty well that way. If, you know, if somebody feels like it's something that they can't tackle or something that they, you know, don't have maybe a hundred percent efficiency on, you know, regardless of what the reason is, we can call on each other to help out, which has mm-hmm. been, has been really great. I mean, I, the job that I have now, I absolutely love because that mixed with the fact that it is a hospital, as I said, most places don't working at a hospital, you do get kind of the benefit of the doubt. They do have an onsite counselor for people who may experience like compassion fatigue or um, just generalized, like if they're having issues, because I mean, if you work in healthcare, you're going to see people suffering. Mm -hmm. You're going to see people pass away eventually. And that's for most people, especially the ones who are maybe not as seasoned, it's going to be something hard to handle. I mean, yeah. As, as a human being, regardless of what your profession is, it's going to be something that's going to have some sort of effect on you, whether you see it now or you see it in 10 years. Mm-hmm. So for them to have a counselor on site is a fantastic idea because they have, you know, if if they notice something's going on or you can go uh, anonymously, um, they kind of help people remediate things like that. So it's 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 very good. But at the place that I worked at before, which I will remain nameless... Um, I had pretty much all of the responsibilities on me and a lot of high expectations for an entry-level position. And it got to a point to where it was affecting me physically. I was getting sick. Um, I would dread, like physically feel dread in the pit of my stomach driving to where I was going. And I didn't really get to escape it. I didn't have a way out. 
on the weekends I'd be at home and I would just be sitting there thinking about what I'm going to be dealing with when I walk into work on Monday. Mm -hmm. Right. And it made it to where it was unbearable. I eventually found another job. And like I said, I'm happier now, but that place made me feel like I had nowhere else that I could go, nothing I could do and that I was not going to really amount to anything or do anything that would ever be, you know, enough for, where I was at. Just so. soul crushing. Yeah. It, essentially it made me feel like less of a person and that it never went away. That to me was the first I had truly dealt with anxiety. So that's interesting. Yeah. What about you, Andrew? Particularly about what? In the anxious moments like that. I mean, or, yeah, or I mean, being hell, around I mean, somebody that's, that's experienced that. I mean, a couple of years back, um, it was right around when I, when we kind of disbanded from our band, you know, I dropped off because I was going through some bad stuff, like a really like extremely bad breakup, just a horrendous breakup. And there was just a lot of stuff surrounding that. And just, I was at my lowest low of confidence. And one day at work, you know, you just, you know, when you're already going through some bad shit and you just get that one message that just really tilts you over the edge, you know, just it gets to the point where like I, I was one day just violently shaking at work and like the phone kept ringing and I would, I would turn, I would mute it. And like my boss would ask me why I'm missing all these calls and stuff. And I just freaked out and I just jumped up and I went over to him. I'm like, I have to leave Bye. I just ran out, caught him like 15 minutes later when I got home. And I'm like, like I was having a hard time breathing. And it's just like, he understood. And it's like, I thought I was going to get fired because I just walked out and left. Right. But instead, like he was under understanding and he wanted to understand what my problem was. That's good. And, like, they gave me the next day off. And it was like, that's when I knew I was at a job that actually cares about me. Yeah. And I think that says like, you got to think no one really likes working at its core unless it's something, you know, for example, if I was touring 24 seven and you know, I might love what I do every moment, even then I probably wouldn't. But nonetheless, like at a, at a job like that, you know, everyone's looking for a way out, right? No one, everyone's looking a way to clock out 10, 15 minutes earlier. Right. Earlier yeah. If they can. Yeah. I feel like everybody has a, such a short attention span in general. Now mm -hmm. for whatever reason, we just evolved that way. You don't want to be stuck at work yeah. for all day either. You just you, everybody has stuff to do when they get home, or they want to be on Facebook, or they want to watch YouTube, or mm -hmm. you know whatever. That's something that I, was, I wanted to ask you guys how, what what you felt about you know the forty hours a week <laughs> work schedule. You know, in, in construction, it's for us. It's like it's forty minimum. I mean, there's mm -hmm. there's deadlines. You got to do stuff. I mean, everybody has deadlines, but cooped up in an office in a cubicle mm -hmm. i feel like there's a lot more there would be a lot more cases of uh, cabin fever or something you know the hell in my case right now um I, I think the company that i'm currently contracted out to is kind of wanting to rid of us and so they're testing having an internal guy into that company who's kind of taking all my it tickets and working them so actually like the last two weeks i haven't done jack buck and um, there's already some things that I've been thinking a lot about, about myself internally. Like, just to give you an example, it's just like, I haven't really worked out in three or four months and that kind of fucks with me because obviously I'm not doing the best for myself. And I know that because I used to be locked into this really nitty gritty tight discipline and I'd not have that and to be sitting on that thought all day when I'm not working or anything and just aimlessly on YouTube or Facebook for yeah. hours on end, it just kind of makes me feel useless. I mean, granted, I'm in, a, I'm in a position in my life where it's just like, I have a lot to look forward to and that's great. And that's what keeps me going. I get to come home and see my dogs. I think in the next couple months I get to tour and stuff. So there's a lot of positives that keep me going. But imagine if I didn't have these outlets. Imagine if I didn't have a ways to vent and stuff. And that actually leads me to another point I wanted to make, which with mental health, 
instead of loading kids up with SSRIs and just other fucking drugs that turn them into zombies and things, just listen to people. I haven't personally gone to a therapist or anything because I find that maybe my problems aren't that bad. But as we mentioned earlier, sometimes I can just talk to people and if I know that someone's genuinely listening to my problems and what I have to say and can bounce off ideas and help me maybe understand and rationalize my situation better and maybe find solutions for my situation better and just the fact I'm getting stuff in my chest, all that just helps. Yeah. And I yeah, feel like it, I feel like more people had people to talk to instead of boxing themselves up in a situation where they're just only in their head talking to themselves, crazy influencing crazy. You know, I, I feel like at the end of the day, just really, if we just had open, if we opened the dialogue more with people who had these problems and we just wanted to talk to them and wanted to understand. I mean, think about, think about how many school shootings you could solve, perhaps, if mm-hmm. you just opened the dialogue to these people and got into their mind and just tried to help them cope a different way. Yeah. I mean, granted, some of it is influenced differently. Obviously, you have political reasonings for some of those things. Some of it's they just fucking hate people some of them right. are just racist shitbags it doesn't matter but you know you've you've got to beg beg and wonder it's just could someone have just said the wrong thing too many times and could that have just could that have been alleviated through just being able to talk to someone and maybe help them and prep them up to feel less miserable and less like less than human because mm-hmm. i mean people are ruthless especially these kids who are who are doing this the shootings like think if y'all remember high school y'all remember middle school kids are ruthless yeah. Like fuck yeah. kids. Kids are assholes. <laughs> yeah, like definitely. I mean, I, I can even recall I've I've been an asshole to kids in in school back in the day, and you know, some people aren't aware of their actions like that. But you know, like the bullies, for example, I don't think they're all self aware that they're bullies. But those kids that are suffering, they fucking know. Mm-hmm. And and most of the time, they have no one to talk to because if you tell a teacher, teacher's barely going to do anything, and then you're the tattle kid, and then you just get bullied on more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then people always shut those people out. Like you hear. Like, even that kid in Dayton, Ohio, like, years before, there was multiple reports that he had, like, rape lists of girls and people he wanted to murder. And they had this documented and recorded, and they told the police, and then did nothing about it. And it's just like, damn. Like, mm-hmm. what we could have prevented it so much, maybe if we listened or tried guiding these people to a proper help. Yeah. I mean, being able to talk, and like you said, knowing that someone is listening to you, and even if you don't have to, they don't have to agree with you or have the same opinion that you do. And it's like a, you know, a little echo chamber or whatever, but, uh, just being able to vent and have someone either reassure you that you're not crazy or mm-hmm. that, you know, it's going to be okay. Or I mean, just whatever. Be, being heard is cathartic. Like knowing that your thoughts are connecting to someone and it's not just one ear out the other. Mm-hmm. It's where you're genuinely listening and trying to rationalize that perspective. Mm-hmm. I, I, Go ahead. No, you go ahead. (laughs) Sorry. Even with like people, like you said, like racist shitbags, like that's not something they're born with. That is something that they learn. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I have firsthand seen ironed out of a person. It can happen. There are always going to be tendencies to people to make generalizations and associations with things they see, things they hear based on their experiences and their perspective. But all of those things it's more so just a lack of empathy mixed with just not, I I don't even know if that would necessarily be a mental health issue in the sense that some people just don't think about it. 
Yeah, yeah. Not mental, not mental health issue. Would be more of just uh, mental un- unawareness. It's or, it's. I wouldn't say it's one of those things where you know society has failed them, but at the same time, a lack of experiencing positive things and only seeing negative things associated, especially in your environment, mm-hmm. it's going to eventually bring feelings like that. Yeah, that's, reg- that's regardless actually, of you know if they if they want to feel that or not. Yeah, that's uh, where pretty much the exact place I was going to go with that too. I think a lot of people are just you have to surrender to your surroundings and your environment. You can't help who your parents are. You can't help who your crazy fucking uncle is or whatever the case that that might end up putting you on the wrong path. And you have you have no control over that. Yeah. You know, from, from And you won't even be aware it's the wrong path. Yeah. From like, one to ten, you have been raised this specific way and then you live your life based on that one to ten that you didn't even know was a terrible way to be raised. Mm-hmm. You know? I was I was talking to Chantel about that yesterday, just random things that I still find myself saying or thinking or doing and then it's like I step outside of myself and look at it and think, That's not right yeah why do i still think this is right why have i never noticed that i'm saying that wrong or this is not how that should be done or you know whatever i can't think of an example but just i feel like just knowing that you're doing that and being aware of it is is going to help fix it yeah like andrew said you know having an echo chamber of people agreeing with you doesn't (coughs) it doesn't help you grow it doesn't help you see things differently um that's one of my favorite things is being able to have a discussion with someone who I know I don't agree with, but they maintain, you know, a respectful environment. Yeah. So I'll, I'll do the same. And it has helped me grow tremendously in the sense that, I mean, same, I was an asshole in school as well. I, I didn't, I thought I was doing it to be funny because it would make me laugh and it would make a handful of my also asshole friends laugh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But looking back, I've talked to some of the people that I was particularly, maybe not cruel, but mean to, and, you know, it had way more of an impact than I ever would have realized without talking to them on the same level. And so, you know, going forward, I've apologized. I've tried to make amends, all of those things. But at the time, you know, knowing that someone's going to apologize to you for making your life miserable in five years means jack shit. Of course. So that's, um, it's just an unawareness, I would think. Yeah. And I had people around me who were cheering me on. So, you know, right, what right. am I going to do? Stop? Yeah, this feels good. I'm getting cheered on. This is obviously it's a good thing because yeah. I mean, in people, that moment, people like it. In that moment, it's nothing but words to you because you're getting affirmation from others. But to those people, the words that you'll laugh off and be done with in two minutes are weighing over that person for the next week. Because they're probably going to come back to school and be like, fuck, I have to deal with this again. Yeah. Or, oh, great, I'm going to run into this person. My life's going to be miserable. And it's just like, when it, whenever... You're the agitator in that case. The person dealing these things to that people, that person, or these people, whoever, you just you just don't see that, and mm-hmm. you because it's perspective, man. Yeah, and those uh, who, the kid that's being bullied or you know heckled constantly is uh, maybe too scared to say something, and maybe they end up trying to hurt themselves. And then what if you have to live with that? You've yeah. you've also kind of ruined your own life because that would traumatize you just as much. I feel like. And if it doesn't, then there's a deeper problem. There's there. something else. A matter. <laughs> Means you're a fucking sociopath. Is it a matter? The matter. The matter. The matter. Not a matter. What's a matter? Yeah. What's the matter? Is that right? 
I'm not sure. <laughs> Are you printing back there? I guess we're going to be printing during this podcast. <laughs> we're going to call this the print cast. Yeah. What's a matter with that? <laughs> I don't know what the matter is. Why are we printing? Please leave this in. <laughs> Everyone say hello. Just for the picture. <laughs> okay. Are we done? We done printing. <sighs> Regarding mental awareness, since we were just talking about that, do you think we'll see a rise and conquer of artificial intelligence in our lifetime? Or do you think that's <laughs> Bologna? Um, I don't know. Elon Musk says yes. Andrew Yang says yes. Um, Amazon says no, but they're probably making the T-1000s that are going to take my <laughs> yeah. job. So we'll be able to order them next year. It's funny that you brought that up because I just beat a game that I had bought over two years ago called Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm -hmm. I literally just beat that. And the entire concept of that game, spoiler alert, is if basically what happened is that a robotics, autonomous robotics corporation built some war machines and then there was a glitch and then they had to um, basically make plans to continue the human race in a couple hundred years because there was no way they were going to survive it. The way that these robots worked is they absorbed biomass as their fuel, meaning plant life, animal life, human life, mm -hmm. all biomass. So they had to build these underground bases and create software and hardware that would, in a few years, rewrite these machines to knock them out and then terraform and create new human life basically that's something i've been thinking about a lot recently because you know we're watching those videos of all the guys from boston dynamics showing these robots that they're just abusing the shit out of yeah that makes me kind of sick it makes me <laughs> well it and it's a good thing that you feel that way too because that means you feel empathy for something that's not living that's going to eventually be a question that will make to the supreme court i would imagine mm -hmm. have you ever mm -hmm. seen irobot with will smith before yep it becomes a question of not just ethics but if we should treat them uh, they have rights yeah do they have rights i mean that's oh, the man. game detroit become human or beyond human, it's become human it's yeah. that was a fantastic game because that is the entire point of that game there are um basically androids and they have emotion and they can feel and all of that but they're robots and they're treated basically like second rate not even second rate they're treated like garbage and that I could see something like that maybe happening in the twilight years of my life if we make it that far. I see the concept of the T-1000 or the war robots happening sooner than that, though. So if we yeah, make the, it that, if we if make it maybe that not, far. Yeah, not the uh, intelligence factor, but the actual robot itself, maybe. Because yeah. we're, we're there already. They have guns on drones. We have unmanned uh, missile launching systems. Mm -hmm. I mean, it... All it takes is a good AI, which is probably five years out, mm -hmm. I would say. And also thinking about the way that they're treating the robots and stuff now. They're going to watch those what videos. Kind of, they're what, kind watch of, what kind of record is being kept about all this? <laughs> they're going to watch those videos and then say, this is why we're going to kill all of humanity. <laughs> 30 years from now, they get to review the past 30 years and <laughs> see how they became who they are. And how they were treated, 
and then robo reparations it's like all of a sudden <laughs> all of a sudden they're they have formed some conscious consciousness and then and it's not like they're going to have the capability and even if they do i mean that's still up to the individual if they become at an individual level they're not going to be able to form an opinion or feel empathy in the sense to say oh well you know it was just testing it's no big deal they're going to see this is a human being attacking a robot here's proof they are a threat let's just go ahead and get rid of them mm-hmm. yep eliminate the threat yeah or or try to factor in randomly factor in the uh benefits of humans versus just a planet full of machines yeah when i say there is no benefit to the machines for these humans to be here actually it's going to make it worse so and on top sorry. of what we're doing to our planet and wildlife as well mm-hmm I know this is like 50 different video games and movies I've seen and played before this. It's all coming into reality. It it all kind of comes down to the same thing that either. I mean, I think in the case of iRobot was it was iRobot and uh, Detroit become human where they tried to live in harmony. But I mean, think about the matrix. Mm -hmm. That's what I would see it as. They all kind of convene at this like end point. It keeps going to that point. Yeah. Yes, I agree. It's almost like we kind of know that we're not the greatest. So, yeah, and we're inevitably going to destroy ourselves. Yep. That's why I was saying if we even make it that far. Right. Yeah. We might not even give the technology a chance because we'll just be in a fiery ball of, I mean, we'll probably nothing. nuke each other before we have all that happen. Yeah. 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 <laughs> let's, that's so let's, dumb. Let's maybe lighten the conversation a little. What is, uh, speaking of your time expiring here, what is one thing that you feel like you absolutely must do before you die? I would say bucket list, but I mean, just, you know, one thing, just one thing that you uh, feel like you have to do, place you got to go, something. I don't really have anything. You should think about that. I want to go to Japan and I want to go. Um, one of my coworkers actually just posted a photo. He got to walk on glaciers. Whoa! This past That's week. That's scary. <laughs> well, I mean, it was like a guided tour, but at the same time, I mean, aside from the fact that they may not be around much longer, I think that that would be so remote and so beautiful to go and do. And I really, really value kind of isolation. I guess you could say. Well, that's another thing I guess you could add. I want to I want to see what would happen if I put myself in an isolation chamber. Mm, yeah. Um I want to walk on glaciers and I want to go to Japan really badly. That's good. Those are my three. I, I guess. like that. Have you come up with something yet? <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. It's just like I'm not the kind of person that sets like long-term like bucket list goals like that. I'm kind of the more the person is just like I'm going to roll with the punches and as long as I'm living it to the fullest and knowing I'm getting the best out of it. And knowing I'm doing it for me, mm-hmm. that in itself satisfactory. Is sure. there anywhere else you'd rather be than right here, right now? I mean, I don't know. I'm around good, good company. So I mean, you really can never beat that. Let's go to the gym. <laughs> I'll pass right now. Let's, let's go to the gym, but bring the podcast with us. Yes, <laughs> just rolling. That's podcast what I'm gonna have to do. I want to get a mobile <laughs> podcast set up at some point. I really need to, actually. That would be cool. Whether it be a painting, or a poem, a statue, a musical piece or whatever do you have a favorite piece of art that inspires you or makes you feel unlike any other practice guy by mastodon the album yeah that just i don't know why it's like that's one of those albums i can go back and listen to and i'm like 
this is it. This is this put is, you in a certain place, dude. It's just it's legit. Just the atmosphere of it. Just I don't know. Do you ever listen to your favorite band and right before you record something or you like want to work on something? You're just it's one of those like one of those bands that just put me in the right frame of mind because nope. I it's it, <laughs> I don't know like you, like Nick. Do you have a favorite band that you listen to that kind of puts you in like a good like yeah this is oh, dope. Yeah. This is what oh, I want yeah. to do. Like I mean obviously Mastodon doesn't correlate to anything I do musically, but like. It's just, I don't know. Just it pumps just, you up. Maybe it's nostalgia because it's just, it's been one of those long standing time albums where it's just like since 2009, I've listened to it religiously. Well, did it help you get into music more? Probably so, maybe yeah. that's Maybe that's it. Yeah. I really like as far as music goes, I like things that can kind of evoke, which is why I became a big fan of that band Warforged to begin with. Mm-hmm. Their 2014 EP called Essence of the Land that they released was actually a short horror story. And it's, I can physically see it in my head whenever I'm listening to it, which is awesome. Yeah, that's I mean, it, cool. it, it brings kind of like the, the goosebumps the first probably dozen times I listen to it, which I mean, I still get that. But I mean, same thing with their LP. It's a, it's a horror story and it deals with sleep paralysis, which I've actually experienced mm, before. Man, yeah. And some of the imagery that goes along with that, that's, it's not necessarily a positive thing, but it's something that moves me in a sense that I'm like, I like this. Like, yeah, I mean, there, some people get it. Some people don't where you hear something that's either so ridiculously, for example, like whenever I first heard, um, uh, the most recent album by Meshuggah, uh, those, those first handful of songs, I was just like, I was laughing because I was like, this is so like indescribable i know i know you're not like the hugest fan of them or anything but to me i was like this is such an indescribable thing i saw them on my birthday with uh my buddy bryce um the bryce Hmm. the bryce Uh, yeah his favorite band is mashuga we watched them together and i was like laugh laughing and tearing up throughout their entire set because i was like this is so overwhelming it's beautiful and it's yeah it's it's even though it's you know heavy metal and they're screaming and headbanging and all that stuff like it makes me feel something more than just, oh, I'm hearing some sounds that sound cool. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a cool feeling, and that's cool when bands can pull that off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't think of one other than uh, Machine Head, one of the albums that they put out. I forgot what the hell it was. But the it was just ending. it was just one. It was. Yeah, it was the Black That ending. album is so was, good to this day. Yeah, <laughs> dude. I was, I was very surprised with, with how they came back from the previous one. Um but there was one part of one song that broke free and it was just the drums going and like open guitar. And for whatever reason, when everything came in, it was just like, wow, I got goosebumps. This yeah. is an awesome feeling, you know? And it's not, it's not my favorite album, my favorite song or anything. It was just for whatever reason, that part was just so well done. Yeah. It's I, weird how things like that will physically affect you. And it's crazy too, because like I was saying, I mean, they're the ones that evoke more for me are like these, like, horror stories or you know death metal and i'm not like the type that focuses on like oh i only like stuff if it's dark and blah blah blah. like i typically tend to be a happier person i would say aside from like whatever else is going on Mm -hmm. but like it's just things that kind of make you feel like for example um one of the side projects of chino moreno from deftones he has a band called palms and the very last song on the only ep they've ever put out to my knowledge um, it's called Antarctic Handshake, and it's a very kind of mellow, drony, but happy-sounding song. But if you listen to the lyrical content, I remember I read an article that said that Chino actually had to kind of walk off stage for a minute because the last line he says before there's like a three- to four-minute-long, uh, shimmery, reverby, 
just straight passage that kind of almost sounds like trance-like, the very last line is, it's time to let go. And this was released months after uh, their bassist that had been in a coma mm. for so long oh, had passed right. away. That's right. And he was so overwhelmed with that because I'm assuming that's what he was thinking about. He had to walk off stage. Yeah. That, to me, whenever I listen to that, you know, mixed with the connotation of when I was listening to that, that kind of, anytime I listen to it, it can actually bring me back to what I was feeling at the time, which is a, a cool and mm-hmm. bad thing, I guess. It's powerful. Yeah, it, it really, really is. That's legit time travel. Yeah. I mean, they say that through smells and through sounds, you can remember or recall practically anything. I mean, if you smell something that smells like your grandma's house, you're going to think about. I've had stuff that I've yeah. eaten or drank yeah. that I've never had before, but it reminded me of something had to have been, you know, three, four, five. It's like, like that Frosé Rosé bang. What was that? Like, I tried that Frosé Rosé bang that we talked about, and like all I can think about is like this really particular children's cough medicine I had like when I was like probably five. I think it was, I had walked into like an older bookstore or something. It kind of had, not like a musty smell, but kind of like a, a lived-in mm-hmm smell to it and it smelled exactly like my grandma's house that i hadn't been to since i was like 12 years old that lived in indiana and i I had all these vivid memories of like it wasn't her house it was her basement which she had one of those like really spooky concrete low ceiling basements yeah yeah that i remember having like a lot of nightmares about that but like i was just out doing you know god knows what like daily errand type stuff and then suddenly i'm like oh like transported into the basement (laughs) (laughs) pretty much yeah it was uh it brought a lot of weird things back and like sometimes i'll um drive past like these old dilapidated buildings and then have like memories from when i lived in kentucky or indiana or wherever i mean it's it's crazy what the mind can recall with just a little bit of suggestion yeah yeah or what it can conjure even even if you've never you know to your recollection done something yeah, that's like the when we're talking about the artificial intelligence and the robots uh, or whatever, being able to keep track of, you know, a log, basically. I feel like we probably have that, too, in our heads, like a hard drive of some sort. Yeah, subconscious log we of just don't, sort. Yeah, we just don't know how to access. Yeah, yeah. We, we can't. It's not like a filing cabinet that you, you can't pick the file out. We don't know how. Yeah. Yeah. It's like someone has to open the drawer for you for you to. Oh, there it is. <laughs> but it's it's probably not valid but i i legit believe this is possible i it was an episode of adventure time if you've ever seen that show adventure um, time it's i oh i love that show because there's there's a lot of like underlying themes behind it but there was one where he sees something that scares him and it, he realizes it was like a ghost or something like a legitimate ghost and he just is like they're all like he's about to freak out and he decides he doesn't want to freak out about it so he says i'm just going to throw that one in the vault and he closes his eyes for a minute and he's like and done and he's fine but eventually it comes back and he remembers it much later i feel like we have the capability of doing that at times which you know between repressed memories and people in denial or like say for example um i've got a couple buddies that had had really difficult childhoods Mm -hmm. and they've kind of blacked those uh memories out from their memory so like they can't really recall it until something happens that's scary though yeah i mean because you're technically you technically are bottling it up yeah you've closed it off and if somebody opens it you're probably not mentally prepared to it's like you're relearning it. it ever happened yeah and i don't know if that's like a survival it's like opening a scab or something like yeah that. i don't know Ripping if that's like a survival off. instinct or what like to have something that could 
potentially alter you in such a negative way that you're able to actually just shut that door like yeah that would be interesting to do research on yeah you could actually partition something off that way mm -hmm. forever and be fine for the rest of your life <laughs> that'd be great that would be great <laughs> and that's another thing that i told uh that guy at work about you know, I suggested meditation to him and, and was telling him, you know, you have all these things to worry about. You're stressed out about this and this and this. If you can take 10 minutes, 10 minutes to meditate. And it's not just, you know, just sitting in the closet and thinking about nothing. You know, that's that's how I used to see meditation. I had no idea mm -hmm. what it was and, until you actually do some research and read and someone explains things to you. It's it's not, I don't think it's what you, what most people think it is. But I tried to tell him just, just, you can do that. You can sit in a closet in the quiet, but that's not necessarily what it is. It's being able to shut off everything in your head. So if you can sit down for 10 minutes and all the stuff that you're worried about, everything that you're concerned about, stressed about, bothering you, causing you anxiety, stop thinking about it for 10 minutes. Yeah. It's going to be there as soon as you're done, you know, not thinking about it. It's going to come back to you no matter what. It's going to be there. Yeah. But for these 10 minutes, try to push it to the side. Don't bottle it up. Just... Just move it out of your line of sight and concentrate on nothing else, you know, but your breathing or just like picture a room or something. Just anything to help focus your attention on one thing other than everything else that's trying to invade your life and your your head. And it, that's part of the, you know, quote unquote practice. Yeah, you know? well, what, what a lot of people say is, um, which I don't remember who said this, but said that, you know, a vast percentage, I think upwards of 95 to 99% of the things that you worry about never come to fruition. Mm -hmm. You're putting yourself through suffering for what? I mean, yeah. not that I'm not also guilty of it because I am. We all are. But at the same time, if you can stop dealing with that and not just stop like shaking someone and saying, stop doing this. But if you only focus on what's on the table or, you know, what's happening in front of me in place of, Oh, did I leave the oven on? Did I lock the doors? Um, what's my credit score like right now? Like there's, it's needless yeah. to think about stuff like that. Right. I mean, obviously you need to know if you've shut your oven off or locked your doors, but yeah, it's, that's, that's a situational thing. I've, I've talked about that before too, where you want to, you don't want to, like I said, you don't want to forget or bottle things up. You want to yeah. be aware of it. It's just being aware of the, um, the things that distract you and stress you out. It's, it's either things that happened already or things you're worried about yeah. you know especially the things that have happened already unless you're analyzing it to do something better in the future don't think about it yeah. <laughs> i find you can't my, change it so i find <laughs> myself worrying about like say for example at work um if i have an interaction that may not be the most positive that's ever that i've ever had i find myself worrying about like you know am I going to get in trouble for this? Like, should I, how should I have acted? Should I go smooth things over? Like, you know, and it's almost never a problem because, you know, people day to day act not always a hundred percent, the most happy ever. And, mm -hmm. you know, things happen, but that's probably one of my bigger things. And I know my fiance speaks about it as well, that, you know, if she ever has like a negative interaction at work, even if it's not negative, even if it's just a little less than a hundred percent, then she'll come home and she'll she'll tell me about it and then she'll worry about it and she'll she's you know asked me before like she's kind of tried to bounce it off me before which um she suggested i think we were talking about it earlier like having someone to talk to she suggested to me for a lot of the things that i have a therapist which i'm probably going to be looking into 
but I've been saying that for a decade now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's. I feel like that's probably like even for me that would. I feel like that would be a a pretty big decision, big step. Yeah. Like well, I mean, it's like you're because people associate a therapist with like you got problems, you mm-hmm. know, and to, to I guess to get to that point where, yeah, I maybe I do need to talk to somebody. You yeah. know, that's that's a big. I feel like that's a big gulp. It's hard to swallow, you yeah. know, and and admit for some people. Um, but I can't see a negative side to it whatsoever. You know, just don't worry about needing to be heard. Yeah. yeah. You don't know how good it it probably feels. I mean, it feels good to talk to somebody anyway. So if you're talking to somebody that can actually give you some legit advice, maybe or yeah, someone who their knows job how is listening works. to people, yeah. then, I mean, you're probably going to be in good hands. I mean, I tell this to some of my friends all the time because I actually had this discussion recently with some of my buddies in the music scene. They were saying, you know, I kind of feel like I've hit a wall or, you know, like I'm not really amounting to anything. I said, well, shit, I mean, given his situation that pushed him to that was, you know, different. I'm not even sure if that's why, but Nurgle from Behemoth, he's like King Ego. Like he is, I've always seen him as like an iron willed type guy. He admitted in one of his like just random videos, he says, well, some guy was saying something shitty to him on YouTube or something. He said, well, buddy, it sounds like you've got some problems. You maybe need to talk somebody. I've got a therapist. I don't give a fuck. Like, you know, somebody like that to admit that so openly and so nonchalant. I just, I kind of saw that. And I hate to say that I was kind of inspired because like, I feel like I shouldn't be impressionable like that, which I guess is ego as well. It normalized it though. It, it did. Right. That's it a diff- yeah, yeah. And so for someone like that, that I still to this day look up to, despite being jaded as shit as I am now, um, that kind of did help a little bit. I was like, well, you know, I mean, if somebody who's that big of a personality and that sure of themselves and, you know, has fought off um, the government from trying to throw him in jail for his beliefs and he still sees a therapist, like, you know, what's stopping me? Yeah, right. What's the difference? Just being able to talk to somebody is so much more helpful than I think people realize, you know? Yeah. Because you, yeah, if you do talk to yourself in your head and make decisions by yourself with yourself constantly, it's. it's you won't really, grow. Well, yeah. that's, that's just like whenever um, they talk about those court cases where they said, well, they had an internal investigation and found they did nothing wrong. <laughs> like, yeah, no shit. They're not going to. Exactly. Everyone agrees. Yeah. I, I think that was on Joe Rogan's podcast of like several weeks ago that they were talking about. Somebody mentioned the pork industry, FDA not uh, not regulating the pork industry Shocker. Uh, anymore or as much or something. It was something along those lines. And I thought they've lessened they're, the they're regulations gonna, on it recently. They're just going to, yeah, they're just going to regulate themselves basically. Okay. Like, okay. Well then sure. That's going to be nice and sanitary. Isn't the EPA doing the same thing? I'm not sure. I know that there have been massive cuts on the EPA as well, which is, you know, especially with us bowing out of the Paris climate agreement, mm-hmm. that's just horrifying. Um, I, uh, Clean I saw, coal. Yeah. I saw, <laughs> I saw speculation that we have 30 years before it's irreparable. Right. Well, not, not before it's irreparable. 30 years if we're on our path until we're dead, basically. It's almost irreparable right now mm-hmm. and just think big corporations are thinking in the now and like we can make all this money off this shit right now yeah. and we don't have to worry about it because we'll be dead everybody be dead yeah 
doesn't matter. So we got ours. Fuck y'all. Those people yeah. are cleaning up the, the the ocean though. Really, really good right now. Yeah. Um. The the, the net or whatever it is mm-hmm. that has been capturing. I think that was actually designed by like a college kid or yeah, something. Yeah, I remember hearing about that like I don't know four or five years ago maybe. Yeah, I feel and like they're they're into. I think they had a successful handful of test runs a couple months ago mm-hmm. and. It looked like it was like in the ninety percentile as far as effectiveness, which right. is really exciting. Yeah. That being said, I mean we still have to worry about our I'm atmosphere sure. as well. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. of course, we need a big net for the clouds and <laughs> yeah, all this shit. Get a lasso. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the I think that they're talking about the recycling of all that plastic too. How much ever it is that they'll be able to do something. I it's guess. it's cool to see it in practice too because I was at movie. Um, what is it alamo last night and they said hey we're using these environmentally friendly straws they're a little fragile let me know if you break yours we'll bring you another one said well i mean that's a mild inconvenience compared to i mean given everybody's kind of attached to the whole oh straws are the reason the world's going to explode but it's a start Mm -hmm. i mean that's that's still plastic and they're still taking that into account given there was a huge uproar about it and everybody's like oh you know like straws are evil, not save the turtles. Yeah, not not taking into account they're still drinking out of a plastic cup that they're going to throw away. Yes, but it's a start. It is a start, and it, I guess it makes people think more. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I thought it was kind of ridiculous when I went to <laughs> Starbucks and they gave me a cap with a larger hole mm-hmm. that you don't have to have a straw. A sippy but, cup. Yeah, yeah, basically a big sippy cup. <laughs> but then you know I put it in my cup holder and leave, and then it splashes everywhere. Like, yeah. Okay. Well, that. That does a lot of good. Well, I'm they just going to go little, ahead and put a straw through that giant hole. On their on their hot coffee, they have um, hot coffee. Well, no, I guess if I guess that's what you're talking about. But they had those little like plastic sword things that you yeah, could put yeah. in there. I'm guessing they did away with no, those. No, they still have those. It's just the larger. I don't know what it's the size it's, of your fingernail. Instead, or instead of a dagger, it's now a full sword. <laughs> they would have to have a, a large <laughs> stopper to throw in there. Goodness, yeah, it's like your thumbnail or something. I think the oh, size yeah, of the hole a, that's in the top. Like the width of, of your thumb. Yeah, hmm. it's too much. So yeah, I'm done. I don't have anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, giving up so soon. Um, no, not necessarily. I mean, we can talk about anything, but I did have before we end at all whenever that's now or later or whatever do either of you have anything that you regret or feel bad about doing or saying recently that you would like to publicly confess recently help clear um, your conscience i plead the fifth no i'm just kidding i mean just that's that's as simple as like yeah i was kind of shitty to a coworker or something i just you know, feel bad about that or, um and you don't have to say anything i'm just for it might no, be might be an interesting i'm sure there's something ask. um i don't know i'm been under a lot of well not necessarily stress but stress um i've been working a lot more extra hours and as a result my laziness has gotten lazy as well Hmm. so um sorry to my fiance for not doing the dishes ever (laughs) you're not supposed to laugh about it you're Uh, supposed to be crying yeah i I mean i i mask it with humor (laughs) internally there's there's tears okay I'll give you an internal Kleenex. Yeah. <laughs> you shove it up your butt what or about, something. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? In my situation, even like with work recently, it's just like, I think under under stress, especially with certain things, like kind of get mentally check yourself out. And so for example, there's this, some weird shakeup in my job. And lately I've been kind of mentally checked out and I feel guilty for that mm-hmm. because 
you know, obviously I still do my job, but there's a clear a clear de- demeanor difference when you're interacting with different people, especially when a customer-facing job like mine, where I'm in an office, I'm going to people trying to help them. And I guess, you know, and it's, I don't say I don't necessarily regret it, but sometimes you can think you can probably make the world a little bit better to the place if you just continue to smile through your own bullshit. Mm-hmm. Because the way you project your own emotions without even realizing it sometimes might affect people, even if you're not even doing anything directly to them. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 so contagious. It no is. one no one thinks about it in the moment. You know, you're because you're so blinded by your own anger or whatever you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I you're you can't help but to feel special. Like I I I I shouldn't have to deal with this right now. I have too much already. I have to deal with. You know, and it's mm-hmm. it's somebody else's fault. Somebody else's problem, not mine. Yeah. You know, that's one thing that my workplace does very well is that we actually have a employee based recognition system. So say, for example, if someone does something for you that's nice or their attitude is good or blah, 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 like if they make your day any better whatsoever, you can actually write their name, write, you know, a brief description of what happened and put it in. And that actually gets sent into like the administration and they review them and pick somebody for like a gift card or something. That's cool. Um, I actually got one, which is a step up, which I'm not trying to like brag or anything, but then they have employees recognized where they bring you in front of like the governing board and all this stuff and they like talk about you in their uh, organization-wide meeting and I actually got that this past month which is out of 8,000 people made me it made me feel good that's really cool it made me feel really good and it made me feel like I feel like a lot of places kind of underestimate that as well like workplaces that the more positive I guess like positive kind of uh, feedback that you get the more happy you are to do what it is you're there for yeah because like motivation Exactly. Like it feels good. Like I want to be there. I want to be happy and I want to smile and help people and all that stuff because, mm-hmm. you know, they're not going to just, you know, throw you in the mud or whatever. Like they're actually, you know, there's the opportunity for every interaction that you have to be a positive one. And yeah. You can make somebody's day or, you know, tell them a stupid joke or something, which is what I usually do. Go right. figure. And, you know, it makes for a really good work environment. Mm-hmm. I mean, and people make mistakes all the time. So instead of maybe picking on every mistake or, you know, scolding someone because they're not perfect every day, all day long, uh, let's focus on the good things that they've done. And maybe they'll stop doing bad things because they're excited to do the good things. Yeah, you know? exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that has it's had that effect on me because I've been a negative leaning person in my past and I don't like that. And I like being this more positive person which that's probably the biggest growth that i think i've experienced in my life which kind of segues into another thing that i wanted to talk about here in a minute but i've noticed that you know with the influx of positive feedback and you know sending it outward as well it just it makes me more uh not just enthusiastic but more motivated to want to do these things sure even if it's like menial tasks like hey you know it's okay like i'm around good people and you know, I stayed late one day with a handful of my guys on my team and we listened to music while we were doing like the most mind numbing of tasks. And it was a great time. We did like, I think we we set up like a couple hundred laptops and iPads for some new rollout. And I, if I was doing it by myself, I would have been like, oh man, this is overwhelming. This yeah. is not fun. But I had good people with me that I get along with and it was a good environment. So it felt like it took 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. That's good. But um, what I wanted to kind of segue into is that I called Bryce as I was on my way over here. Something in regards to like 
perception of how people act and like we were just talking about like the positivity is all that i've noticed that a lot of people can kind of misconstrue that as insincere as well like if you're one of those like happy-go-lucky people that's always smiling and saying nice things to people there are people out there who also kind of try to tear you down or project onto you in a sense that they're like oh well you know, he's just uh, he's just being a kiss ass, or he's just that's all know, show. That's that's all show. That's fake. He's you know he's actually a piece of crap behind scenes or whatever. And I had this discussion with Bryce because, as you know, he's like one of the happiest people. He's always laughing, always smiling. He's nice to every single person, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And um, we had this discussion. It was probably like a year ago because I've him and I every once in a while we'll get like have these talks and. Um, Somebody had been running around, which I don't know who it was, and I'm sure it's resolved by now because, you know, you know, no one really ever has beef with this guy. But somebody had been saying that, you know, they didn't like his attitude because it was probably bullshit. That there's no way someone can be that happy. And from my perspective, um, I've known him long enough and we've talked enough that I know that that's not the case. But he's literally trying to will it into existence that he wants to be a happy person. He wants to have those positive experiences. Right. And I feel like that for someone to say that, that's really just them kind of projecting, which I've felt myself do that before. I mean, I've, I've talked to him about it, and this isn't just him. This is just with anyone, how they act. Like, you know, it, it's especially if you're in a situation to where you feel like you can't see the same thing that they're seeing, you're like, Oh, well they're just full of it or something. It's hard to rationalize. If you've never experienced it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I don't know. Um, like I've, uh, I've tried to put myself into that role before, which I, I liked it, but at the same time I realized that I was at some point being kind of insincere. You have to be honest with yourself as well. Like you can't just sure. say, Oh, well, here's some toxic positivity. Oh, I just got shot. I'm just going to smile and it's okay. Like everything's fine. Yeah, no. That's not that that's not helpful. Right. But at the same time, like it's not helpful to sit there and cry about it either. You mm-hmm. need to go get help and then move on. Yeah, yeah, cry about it or be mad about it and then, I mean if if you're portraying somebody that's happy and you're not really that happy but you're just trying like you said will it into existence Mm -hmm. would you rather just go ahead and show your true colors and be miserable and everybody not want to hang out with you or talk to you because you're miserable and you show it and you talk about it all the time yeah i mean i've i've been that person before i i have especially it was maybe late high school because i mean i was going through some things so i guess i was projecting but that was me from late high school to maybe a couple years outward, which I wasn't in a great situation in life anyway. And I was, you know, probably got dumped or something. I don't know. I didn't really have a good explanation for it, but I was just a miserable person to be around. And I noticed after I kind of went through some more things, I started kind of changing how I was acting because I was just tired of being that way. And I was at a point to where I could not deal with being more miserable than I already was. Mm-hmm. I started to kind of put myself out there a little bit more and try to be a little bit more positive and supportive and, you know, talk to my friends actually, instead of just, you know, have some snarky ass comment all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I noticed a huge difference. And then I started to kind of get feedback on that a little bit. Like I just recently got some feedback. We played a show with some guys and I think I mentioned this earlier, we played a show with some guys and one of the guys had told my drummer that they're like, oh, you know, he was, he was really nice. He was really cool. We appreciate him. Like, 
you know, being up front and watching us instead of just, you know, cool guy in it and hanging out in the back. And, you know, I'm, I can't talk to you cause I'm, you know, I'm playing like after you. Yeah. Like it's just stupid. <laughs> it was just, I was just being nice, but I wasn't like, cause I've done it as much as I have. I wasn't sitting there thinking I'm going to go up there and be nice. Right. Like just, you know, just do it. We're all, we're all people. And so I got some good feedback and it made me feel good about myself. Yeah. So, and you don't do it for the feedback or the feel feel good about yourself. You yeah. Just, no. But if it you, just feels good when you do it. If someone says something nice to you as a result, you're just like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And then you smile instead of not saying anything or telling someone else behind your back. God, he's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something must be wrong with it. <laughs> but I mean, that's the same as sleeping. You have to pretend to be asleep to fall asleep. So. Yeah, maybe to be happy you have Fake to it till you make pretend it. to be happy, and you'll just end up being happy. Yeah, well, it's very possible. It doesn't take that much more energy to, you know. It really doesn't try at least, mm-hmm. especially if you get to a point to where it's like, okay, either I deal with this now, or I'm going to do something irreparable. Because I mean, I feel like I haven't really had suicidal thoughts per se, but I mean, I've been in such a dark mindset or mind space, whatever before to where I've just been like, I need to get away from this by whatever means. And, you know, I thank God, thank the stars, thank whomever that I never ended up turning to like hard drugs or anything. Cause I've seen a yeah. lot of people go down that path mm-hmm. started where I was at. And now they're, yeah, if they're not going to kill themselves, they're going to do drugs to get rid of that feeling. Or yeah. Whatever it's, it it's, takes. it's an escape regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why, um, like for example, I claim straight edge, which I don't run around, you know, preaching about it or anything, but a lot of my X's on your hands or uh, your yeah. the, I just carved whatever these X's into my arms. No big deal. Straight edge. <laughs> but that's what, another reason why for which I've been trying to put this into words for a long time. I've had a lot of friends that have kind of broke edge and from people on the outside, they don't understand it. They're like, Oh, well let them live their life. And you know, we are, but at the same time, it's a traumatic thing because you know, a lot of those people that claim straight edge, they're making an, making a choice of kind of abstaining from doing things like that. And nine times out of ten that I've seen, it's not just like, oh, fuck it, I'll have a beer. Like, if it is, so what? Nine times out of ten, it's, uh, well, I'm tired of, you know, as uh, my vocalist Michael says, raw-dogging reality. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something to take the edge off, and then it kind of starts a downward spiral. Like, you don't see someone break edge and then have a couple beers. You see them go through what they should have gone through when they were, like, 15, 16, and mm-hmm. get hammered. But now they're in their 20s and they've got real life responsibilities. Right. So that that can go one of two ways. Yeah. Yeah. Which you can manage it and think, oh, I don't really care for that too much. Or yeah. get lost in the sauce. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Literally. Well, I mean, that that's why I feel like that's not I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's traumatic, but it's like whenever you have a friend who has been, you know, adamant about this for so long and then they just flip a switch you know something had to have happened Mm -hmm. something something happened you know if it is just oh i've been thinking about this a while then you know whatever who cares right it'd be be the same as uh uh vegan vegetarian too you know just you know what i'm gonna throw some meat in my diet and see see if if i feel better if i feel good or you know or vice versa you know all you know more power to them but if that person who does that switches to an all-meat diet and then dies of fucking heart failure in, like, you know, a couple years because they just... 
I'm, you know what, instead of having anything, I'm just going to eat 17 cheeseburgers a day. Like mm. that's, that's a negative change in their life. Mm-hmm. Sounds positive to me. That's, <laughs> that's not a good uh, evolution. There. Yeah. I mean, no. unless, unless you're like on the freaking Jason Momoa workout plan, which I mean, good for you. Um, <laughs> go for it. Uh, I, I don't see that as a positive. That's what that dude, uh, CT Fletcher. Do you, you yeah, know him, yeah, right? you yeah, I think he said that back in the day when he was doing bodybuilding, he used to eat like, I don't know what it was, a shit ton of Big Macs or something. Go to, <laughs> that was just, just dirty bulk is what they would call, call that. Yeah, that's gross. It's nasty. Well, I, I, I messaged my drummer today because you guys know Riff Raff, right? Yeah. yeah. Dang. So yeah, he posted a picture in his uh, he's story ripped today. As he is fuck. Ripped. <laughs> he's so ripped now, but he also lost because he's not on roids anymore. And he got he, he got kind of big. He got kind of chubby. Like he had like the fat guy, like wife beater neck looking thing where he had his weird like pencil mustache. Yeah. And then it just kept going. He just had like fat neck. Like <laughs> the guys that have the on the back of their head the fat rolls, they call them hot dogs. Yeah, the hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> He had hot dogs, pretty much. Well, now he's ripped. Like, he is he is sculpted. And he's posted some shit about, like... He posted a recipe to some zucchini or something that was, you know, completely vegan, no meat in it. And he's been eating all these vegan meals. And, you know, not necessarily, like, saying, like, you have to do this. But he's kind of cleaned up his act a little bit. And he doesn't look like shit anymore. Yeah, I don't think he's doing any drugs or alcohol. I mean, and... he's, st- he's still a wacky guy. But he looks a lot better. And the comments are people just ripping on him Mm -hmm. for whatever reason like uh, like i said i mean i guess it's like a projection thing but he's doing jealousy some sort of envy that you're not really realizing it it doesn't help that he's standing next to a lamborghini people are always going to (laughs) talk shit (laughs) god forbid you're successful yeah or just you know yeah successful or doing 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 something that you know maybe you don't have the willpower or you don't understand or agree with and talking about it at all not everybody has the same opportunities, man. Yeah. It's uh, it's unfortunate that we don't all get to have Lamborghinis and money and ripped abs, but yeah. you know, some of those things you can work for and get. Yeah. I mean, he Instead didn't inherit of just the complaining shit. about it. Yeah. He didn't inherit the shit. He I still believe that he is a persona cuz I feel like I've seen him kind of slip out of character before. Mm-hmm. But the dude is wacky as hell. And he advertises himself in the funniest way possible. I mean, mm-hmm. that guy, he makes me laugh. I don't even like his music, but I would still probably go to I a like show. Tiptoe song. Yeah, I'd still probably go to a show of his just because it's funny. Like, and yeah. not not so much making fun of him, but like, I just his persona is interesting to me. Yeah, right. Not 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 necessarily laughing at, but laughing with. It's yeah, more so. infectious personality. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he did that. He had a group with Andy Milanakis. Like clearly, he's not a hundred percent taking himself seriously. So, I don't know. Um, Riff raff. There's just weird. It's weird too, because like everything we've talked about tonight kind of intertwines with one another. Like there's egoism there mm-hmm. as well. Like there's people projecting. There's you know he's just trying to live his life. I don't see him responding to every single comment saying you know fuck you. Yeah, he's he whatever. actually he'll say something maybe a little maybe a little smartass, but yeah. but kind of with a positive spin yeah, or something like, at least. And that's, that's a noticeable kind of a recurring theme is that a lot of these people that are successful or on their, on their way up, it's not because they had a shitty attitude. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's, I made a, an observation recently that, um, especially in the music scene that, you know, 
Because whenever I first started going to shows and started hanging out with bands and stuff, even around here, it was probably like 06, 07, and there was a thriving music scene. I mean, there still is, but it's it's very kind of like sectioned off now, it feels mm-hmm. like. Like, you're not going to see, you know, dude that was at the Gent show at the death metal show, and you're yeah. not going to see the death metal guy here unless, you know, they're, you know... A it's not quite of, a melting pot. Yeah, and it I, I miss those days because even though everything has kind of polarized itself, like it's fun getting to go to shows and see people you like instead of like have to put on your death metal guy face mm-hmm. to go to this show and then put on your gent guy face to go to this show. Or if I want to go see the fucking story so far, like I know I'm not going to see a single person there. I mean, given those are completely different genres, like if there were bands around here that were playing like that, like they're not going to play together and you know, yeah, they're going to, there is some weird, like people kind of ostracize one another for that type of thing anymore. Mm-hmm. And that sucks. Yeah, it does. You know, my old band, we used to think about that, you know, try to, you know, if we play with another band that didn't sound like us, it could either be, I don't think this is a good idea or hey maybe they'll like our stuff yeah. you know let's try to let's maybe play something a little different that that crowd might like yeah. you know instead well we i mean we've been doing that with like i said we've been playing with a bunch of different bands and different styles and stuff we have a song that we call the deathcore song just because it kind of sounds like that and we didn't play it at the dark funeral show because like we're aware like hey these people are not going to respond to this they're probably going to be like you know what's this bullshit you know <laughs> um I don't know. It's just, it's a weird thing that, you know, you kind of have to cater to, but from a crowd, like a perspective of like being in the crowd, like it's, you know, I'd like to see more people there mm-hmm. than just, you know, the, the five death metal guys. And then, you yeah, know, whatever. yeah, that would be nice. More of a variety of people yeah. with open minds. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I'm sorry if I'm keeping this going too long, but that was the last thing that I wanted to talk to you about too, which I want to bring you in on this a lot as well. Um, So speaking of like the egoism and the people that are too cool and all that stuff, what would you say as far as your perspective, has anything changed in regards to you being buddies with more people like touring musicians? Like I know you kind of, I've seen at least on Facebook, like it seems like you're kind of in with a lot of like touring guys. Like I remember Wes was, I think the first one that I saw Wes from, um, all those bands. Wes Hauk. Yes. Um, and like you got, you have the Legion guys stay over here sometimes. Mm -hmm. And like, I know you guys are like cool with a handful of those guys and it's, it's cool because I've also, I've kind of got the perspective of like, you know, doing the magazine stuff, like, I get to talk to a lot of these kind of bigger names in metal and it's, it's weird seeing the guys who are maybe not as big kind of act like they're too important or too busy. Yeah, sure. Um, like what, what would you say? I don't really know what kind of question I'm going towards, but maybe just like, like, have you noticed anything like that? Like that some people can kind of get caught up in their mild success and turn people away from them in that sense. I haven't personally experienced that. I, I totally get it. I get being distracted and caught up and probably have maybe you stretched yourself a little too thin and kind of put yourself in that position. Yeah. But um, I don't really think that I've necessarily had someone give me that 
cold shoulder or I'm, you know, don't have time for you or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I also don't reach out to a lot of people or if I do, it's like, it's very, very like tap you on the back of the shoulder. Like, Hey man, when you get, when you get a chance, uh, you know, <laughs> wouldn't mind if you, uh, you know, gave me a recommendation on this or, you know, I wanted to see what you thought about this kind of thing. And yeah. a lot of times it's, I'll get a full on conversation like, Hey, what's up, man? You know, really cool connection. And that's, people appreciate that. I certainly do. Yeah. And that's the same, same way I am with people that I don't know who they are. Like I'm not, I'm not remotely a famous person, but you know, I have a lot of people I'm connected with on Facebook that I don't know, never met, don't even know what they do or where they're from or anything. Um, but you know, they're involved in music or they like music. So, you know, maybe they like what I do or whatever. Um, but sometimes they'll reach out and it might be a very, very senseless conversation. And I'll say right now that if it is, I'm probably going to make it awkward and say that I don't have, uh, I don't normally just chit chat on yeah. messenger, try to be as nice as possible. I just don't, man, I don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have time to dedicate random conversations of just, you know, Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's up? Yeah. You know, unless, unless I know for a fact that you really want to know what's up. You really want to know how it's I'm usually doing. just a segue to trying to sell you something. Well, yeah, yeah or sell, sell, or just I don't know, just saying that I was able to reach out to you or something. Yeah, or you know, but I try to be nice and give some time to people like that too, because I know that they would probably appreciate that. They don't, yeah, you know, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings or act like I'm better than anybody. Yeah, but like I said, I don't have time for everybody. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I, mean, I don't ignore messages or anything like that. But I'm certainly not going to just give someone a cold shoulder or act like I don't have time for something at yeah. all. If I'm understanding your question right, I personally do see a distinct difference between people who are on the local scale versus people who might be on a national or international scale. And the way I would rationalize that is, is that on this local scale, I feel like. Um, a lot of it's a fucking rat race or a dick swinging contest most of the time. And that's not to say mm -hmm. that every person is trying their damnedest to, you know, one up everyone because there's just genuine people in our scene and any other local scene in the country. But um, it's perspective, right? Like in that, I'm not going to say lower tier necessarily, but in the lower popularity scale in the local scene, you know, I feel like it's a lot of one upping stuff like those senseless what's up and just, you know, obviously when. I mean, in my position, even I'm not even like uber famous or anything. I don't even I hate even even calling myself remotely famous. But like, I'll have I even had someone the other day. They're like, "Hey, man, it's really glad to see all your success." Blah blah blah. Uh, can you check this out? Like in the same message, and it's just like, dude, you might as well not have sent the first half yeah. because it's clear what you're wanting to do. But you know, the opposite on that scale is like someone who's in a more elevated position. And, uh, like I've I've earned a lot of higher friends I maybe earns the wrong word but i've made a lot of higher up friends and i find them to be just in more positive light because they've seen the, you know that grass is greener on the other side once they finally have entered that position where they've quote unquote made it and maybe their mindset is just different because they see the success rather than the failure yeah. because obviously especially in a local a local scene where most bands are just playing the same fucking venue every other week or every other month and instead of looking at the bigger picture they're trapping themselves in this mindset that you know that it is a competition and that they're just seeing the same the same faces and the same bands that makes them think that that's competition rather than anything else rather as i think when you do escalate to a higher position in the scene or in just popularity or whatever you don't see it as a competition more just like y'all thriving together yeah yeah of course 
Um, More respect. And also, I always kind of had that wonder as well as that, like, the people who, you know, don't behave like assholes, Mm -hmm. it makes it easier to want them to succeed as well. Like, for example, um, I think that's another reason why these people kind of project on Bryce, too, because obviously he's getting really successful. I mean, he's doing tours and he's gone to Europe a couple times and, well, maybe once or twice. I, I don't know. But he's you know, making his way and he's a nice person. And I don't know if that bothers people because, you know, they're not reaching that same level of success and they're a little bitter about it or what. Like I just, I've noticed it because at one of the shows, which will also remain nameless, there was a touring band that, you know, I just, I said something in passing. I wasn't trying to start a conversation. I wasn't like, Hey man, you know, um, for example, I, uh, I talked to Brody from Rivers of Nile here and there, and I've, I talked to him. <laughs> he said that every once in a while he'll get messages from people, like you were saying, um, less about like, what's up, more like, how do you write and record an entire album? <laughs> like, what Go. the fuck, dude? It's <laughs> loaded questions. I mean, yeah, he surely could probably type up a, you know... 25 year old response or how I think he's like 30 he could yeah let me just tell you everything that's happened for the last 30 years or not mm-hmm. and I guess that could be kind of perceived as him coming off route I'm, I'm not sure because I've you know got yeah that depends on the recipient I've got this well. I've got the sense to not ask a question like that but I've noticed like I said this nameless touring band they're signed and they're touring and completely not receptive whatsoever to even the smallest in passing you know hey you guys sounded good or hey what's up dude and just kind of like don't talk to me i'm i'm on i'm on a label like okay man like that would have impressed me when i was like 16 (laughs) like i would have been you know starstruck at that point but i don't know if it's a mixture of growing old or like the perspective that i have or what but uh, those bands that act that way, I also have kind of noticed that they don't necessarily go much further than the level that they're at. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. I would attribute it to their attitude mixed with just, you know, maybe they're frustrated because they can't get any higher. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. But that was, um, that was actually, I mean, you already kind of talked about it, but I was going to ask, you know, like, as you're going to be going on, Andrew, with and Hell Followed With, like, you know, are you, have you had anybody kind of hit you up in the sense that like, I don't know, like, have you talked to some people in the scene that, you know, just because you're not like at an ACDC level, they're just like, like uninterested or cool guy you, as I call it. I mean, I find it to be the opposite almost. It's like, like I said, I'm not like, you know, super well known, but there's definitely more people who are like, yeah, my bro or my dude, Andrew, is doing this. And it's just like, okay. They're kind of like, on your coattails that's, almost. That's like Bryce yeah. whenever he'd got the faceless gig. Oh, I feel God. like people were kind of Everyone came out of the Yo. woodworks. <laughs> yeah. Everyone came out of the woodworks to be on his side. But the thing is, when you're going through the struggle of all, you know, they don't want they don't want to remember that. They don't want to, you know, be a part of that. They just want to be a part of your high notes. Yeah. It's coattail riding and clout chasing is I think clout chasing is one of the just the biggest parts of it that just is stupid about just getting getting in any sort of, you know, positive just what's the word I'm looking for? I'm an idiot. Poop. Poop. <laughs> just positive reception. It's like positive poop. Positive poop. Positive <laughs> shit. Like just as soon as you as soon as you get that, that's when people want to follow follow you and care, not just through the struggle, you know. 
I mean, have you had a lot of that happen? I, I know you kind of went on about it, but I know I've talked to Bryce and just seeing like even on Facebook, the stuff he's tagged in, like he he's receptive and he's nice to him, but he doesn't like, you know, oh, okay, yeah, you can stay at my place. Like we're best friends now. Like I feel like that would be hard to deal with from my perspective because I am kind of introverted as well mm-hmm. as like, you know, it, it's just too obvious when people are behaving that way that that's what they're doing is that they're using you to kind of advance their yeah, no, position. It's, it's weird. Guess. Like there'll be people who will come out of the woodworks and like even with this new position I'm in, I've had people go from, wow, you aren't the old vocalist. You fucking suck to literally messaging me every day, <laughs> trying to ask me to rant different random things. It's like, oh, do you like this band? What do you do in your free time? Mm-hmm. Or it's just like, what and are you doing? You're bored. Do you message all of your favorite people <laughs> and then here's and then the thing is i go from talking shit to then being like i had a conversation with my new friend so and so and it's like dude not even a day ago you were being an asshole towards me yeah. right it's just, it's the weirdest thing how people will bend if you give them the time of day just because you are someone of notoriety i've seen that with people uh, in that'll that'll comment something negative and then the person that they don't think is going to comment back They'll will respond. reply and then they're and, like oh and, yeah and i was just kidding and sometimes it's not even them like talking shit it's just like oh okay well you know see i've actually tested that a lot recently um you might have noticed I've noticed yeah i've noticed like that. if someone leaves a negative comment i won't talk shit i'll either play along and act like i'm talking shit with them or i'll just try to open the dialogue and i've noticed nine out of ten times if i open the dialogue and just have them express what it is that's, that bothers them about you know, in my, my, my position, being an entirely different vocalist than the old guy, if I just open the dialogue and show them I'm a real person, they start to give it more of a chance and go off less of the knee-jerk reactions of, oh, this isn't this, fuck that. They actually delve into it because they know there's depth to it because they're actually talking to the person involved rather than it just being, oh, this is a song I heard at one time, this is my opinion. I feel like I've seen some of them say, well, you know, I admit I didn't listen to the whole thing or, you know, it, it's it, it's like you bring them into some sort of a confession where they're thinking, well, maybe I shouldn't have judged it that hard. I'll give it another spin or I'll mm-hmm. wait till the EP comes out, you know. And like you said, opening that dialogue, it makes them either realize that they are just talking nonsense because yeah. that's not what they truly believe. They're I've just talking dude, shit to talk shit. There's been a dude who's outright been like, yeah, you know what? I only heard it once. And it's just like, well, instead of being like, yeah, this sucks and your knee-jerk reaction one time, listen, give it a couple more spins. I know there's certainly been music that throughout the years that I've heard where I'm just like, I don't like this and I'll hear it again down the line. And I'm like, I've heard this before. This is different though. I'm liking it. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just the way you change your headspace going into something. Like if you start a new job and think, Oh, I'm scared. This is going to suck. It's probably going to suck. Right. But if you go into it with no preconceived notions and it's like, I am ready to mm-hmm. embrace what's going to happen or you just apply that to music, of course. But right. It's just that easy. It's apply all about, apply that to everything. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. It's this frame of mind though. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. That's my whole shtick about mental awareness and mindfulness. That's what you, I mean. And people, I say the average person lacks fucking self-awareness. Yeah. If you focus on that just a little bit every day, I think you're going to understand yourself a lot more and notice how you react to things and how you take things, mm-hmm. how you affect people around you. Yeah. I think that all comes into focus once you do that, once you start paying attention to what goes on in your head. And it's, it's awesome to see it too. Once you do, you know, pay that attention and, you know, give it the time that it's deserved, um, how quickly and how drastically things will change as well. 
like I said, for example, as soon as I changed my environment as far as my work, where I'm at now, like I'm, I still have my days. I mean, it's work. Everyone's going to have their days, but like I have people that I work with that I like that I can joke around with, but still get shit done. And I, the circle that I kind of run in, I guess, is like people that are, you know, not just there to talk shit all the time. And like, even if you're joking, eventually it does get old. Yeah. Um, you just kind of keep around better people who kind of inspire you to do a little bit better. And, you know, if you're paying attention to how you're coming off, cause I've noticed that's something that I've, uh, like I said earlier, I've noticed that I've kind of paid attention and tried to change myself. I guess I was a bit of a judgmental asshole and I know I've had issues with, even within my band, um, you know, I've gotten into it with a couple of them. And then now when we have, even if it does get to like an argument level, it takes less than five minutes before, you know, I'm reacting to, okay, let's rationalize this. Let's talk it out. Let's see. This is why I feel this way. Um, this is what I suggest. Uh, let me listen to what you say, what you feel, all that stuff. And then, you know, we, we don't break up mm-hmm. <laughs> as a band. Yeah. It's, we, it's different where you say, friends. you know, or do you want this part that way because you want it that way? Or do you think it's the best thing for the song and for, you know, the sound we're going for? Yeah. Well, even just as people, like if someone misconstrues a joke or something that was made, like, you know, oh, well, I'm, I'm sorry that upset you. Not just like a get over it, bitch. Yeah, type. exactly. Like, oh, well, I wasn't trying. like libtard. I didn't, I didn't realize I was going to make you cry or something, you know, like this. Yeah. I, I, that's not my intention. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it takes is just being a little honest and open and compassionate. Swallow some pride every now and then. You know, we're not perfect. Nobody is. And if you expect everyone to be perfect, you are going to set yourself up for disappointment all day long. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in yourself, too. Yeah. You know, you're, you're not perfect. You can try as much as you want to. But don't get discouraged by it either. Yeah. Live. Be happy. Share experiences and try to. That's that's my thing is, I there's so many things that I've realized in the last four or five years that I wish I would have known, fifteen years ago instead. I feel like I would, I don't know, been much more had much better relationships with people and been happier in general. Maybe not have drank so much alcohol, <laughs> wasted so much money on it. <laughs> well, I mean, so much what, time. What matters is that you know you can't change that, but you can change what's going to happen. Mm-hmm and how you react to it more so how you react to it than anything. Cause you can't control what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, how you react to it is, you know, going to determine if that's even a good or bad thing, depending on what you do. Gotta yeah. live and learn. All right. How long have we been going here? Is that 132 minutes? Two hours. Jeez. Jeez Louise. Well, uh, I'm out of stuff. So do you have anything else that you would like to discuss or Uh, bring up or address? I guess on a closing note for anyone that might be listening to this, especially since we've had a lot of talks that have been encompassed by the idea of mental health. If you're listening and you need something, just reach out to someone, man. Mm -hmm. Um, At the end of the day, holding it in and just having that internal struggle within yourself and only talking to yourself about it, you're not going to get very far. And, you know, don't be afraid of help. That's really it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely do not be afraid to ask for help. I know I know if it wasn't for my incessant bitching towards to all my friends who managed to deal with the amount of bitching I do, I don't know I don't know how miserable I'd be if it wasn't for that. So, you know, sometimes you just you really just gotta get it out. Even if it's just talking, you just never know what kind of difference it's gonna make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, 
just do that before we do the wrong thing. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I agree with you 100% there. I've complained and complained and complained about things before. And, you know, when I was at kind of like a lower point in my life, my drummer reached out to me and he was like, hey, man, you know, I'm, I'm worried about you. And, you know, I, it's not like there was anything was going to happen, but just the fact that he reached out to me after I had kind of vented the things, like that made a huge difference. And I kind of stepped back a little bit and looked at, you know, what's going on and how I'm reacting to it. And that mm-hmm. put me on a better path. And one thing I would suggest, I've, I've been wanting to mention it for a couple of reasons that I keep getting reminded about it, but when interacting with people, just, I don't know, walking into a show, hey man, how's it going? Instead of saying, oh, yeah, I'm all right, could be, could be worse, could be better, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. I was always guilty of responding negative, always. It's like, yeah, life sucks, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I never think of any, I, I don't think about what that means or how that comes off to other people mm-hmm. until I've experienced that from other people when they say that to me and I think, Oh, that, well, it just makes me almost yeah. like feel sorry for the person, you yeah. know, like, well shit. And I don't want people feeling sorry for me. I don't want people thinking that I'm, I have a terrible life. You know, I'm, I don't know why I would react that way or say that. And I've recently, recently several months this year, whatever stopped, you know, not, not lying, but it's just, I think really, I th- what does it do to complain? It's, what is- it's more of a, it's more of kind of like, cause this happens at work. Sometimes I'll say hello to somebody and you know, how are you doing? Oh, you know, it's okay. I'm like, well, I mean, what, what is, are you is that, is that you reacting to how you feel at this exact moment? Or if I say, how are things? I don't mean, Hey, what's going on in your head exactly right now? Like, Oh no. How have you been? Mm-hmm. It's more of what you're asking is more of, Oh, like, you know, is everything, you know, in your life altogether? Are you, are you feeling grateful? Or if you say, oh, it's okay, then you're making that other person react kind of like a, oh, um, should I leave you alone? Or yeah, exactly. Should I suggest something to help? I think or? it's all about how it's conveyed. Cause frankly, I'm kind of the opposite of that where if someone asks me how I am, I'm going to tell them like even this last couple of weeks of work, like, oh, someone, Hey, how are you doing? But I'll be like, you know what? I've been better, but I'll say it with a smile on my face. Maybe they'll right. get, you know, it's, it's how it's conveyed. Cause if you say, yeah. if you're kind of shitty about it, then yeah, people are going to leave you alone. But if you, right. if you're saying it in like, in a, in a way to make conversation, that's just brutal, brutal honesty. Well, not yeah. brutal, but it's, you're just being honest, but trying to be positive about yeah. it at the same time. It's all about just, if you want to extend the dialogue or not. And I think that's, it's all body language and just mm-hmm. how it's conveyed. Yeah, because some people don't give a shit about talking to other people anyway. Some people it's just like, ask because it's terrible. F- Thanks, bye. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people asking that kind of shit's filler anyways. They don't really give a fuck. It's just they're trying to fill the void of silence because it makes them uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm guilty of it. I've done it plenty. Ah! What no if, silence. What if brutal honesty was people being honest, but like doing it while like a slam song was playing or something? Brutal honesty. Yeah. That'd be like brutal a brutal honesty. That's like the Friday bitch session or whatever we talked about <laughs> earlier. Doing a Friday bitch fest on the podcast. It'd be a. There's just a constant <laughs> blast beat playing in the background. <laughs> and you're just telling true facts. I hate everything. Brutal. The blast beats in the background. <laughs> I had the shittiest diarrhea at work. Oh, God. I was about to say that. Like, <laughs> I hate every diarrhea. <laughs> bop, 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 bop. Why does my stomach hurt? <laughs> Oh, there's an idea for your next podcast. All right. <laughs> Diarrhea. Cha cha cha. All right, guys. Well, I guess that's going to that's going to do it for today. I really enjoyed chatting with you guys and it, it it's cool that you both have uh, a fair amount in common with your 
daily lives, yeah. lives. And I would have never known if it I, wasn't I wouldn't for these. Have, I wouldn't have known because me and Andrew haven't talked a whole lot in the past. Mm-hmm. I'll see you on a show and I'll wave. I'll, I'll have one of those stupid filler conversations with you. I'm just like, hey, how are you? Yeah. And then it just really isn't much more than that because I'm just awkward and you're also introverted. And that's just like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you both just like, just implode. <laughs> okay, <laughs> bye-bye. <laughs> That's the worst part for me. Everyone perceives me as this like super social, crazy person. And really, I'm just, I'm awkward and just barely getting by. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's the case with a lot of people. And that's probably why people can be perceived as like being jerks mm-hmm. too. Because mm-hmm. yeah, sure. I mean, I, I know I've judged just as I have acted that way and been judged. So mm, I, I try to keep that in my mind. If I say what's up to somebody, I'm just kind of like, hey. You know, don't, don't, I'm not asking you to overextend yourself if I say hello. <laughs> right. I realize when you say, hey, how's it going? Mm, I need to commit to this question. How's it going? <laughs> like, I, I'm interested. To At the very least, proper acknowledgement and yeah. engagement of yeah. what's being said is, you know, better than nothing. It's usually pretty common to walk by somebody. Hey, how's it going? Hi. Hey, how you doing? Oh, well, nobody answers well, your question. My, my life, my <laughs> wife left me and, you know, I don't have any money for blah, blah, blah. And right. Just, they just kind of keep you there as a prisoner to the conversation. Oh, that's for me, it's like no, the the question never gets answered. Hey, how's it going? Hey, how you doing? Okay, yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's that was fun. The world's greatest <laughs> mystery. How the hell is he doing? I think that's a southern thing, though. Yeah, right. More so, just like a instead of howdy or a hey, good. it's just you keep you ask a question, yeah. even though you don't get an answer. That's okay. Rhetorical question, for sure. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, that's that. Shit, guys and boys. Cue the music. Bye-bye. See you next time. That's it! Rusty's Escape Pod. Rusty's Escape Pod.